Hello and welcome, welcome to the Electronic one. Gaming Mostly Podcast. I'm Milk Toast Mike here with special guest D Gabbler and V yeah. Monty. Monty. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's random. You want the <laughs> Yes, I do. I want the Oh, it doesn't you don't hear the rest of it? You want the Gucci bag? Yeah, I I hear it. It's just he it's the accent makes it hard to tell what the fuck he's saying. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I've just accepted it at this point. Call me racist? Yeah, I'm racist. That's my response now. Are you racist? Yes. You're a racist. I guess How'd I you am. know? How did you? Hey, there's some weird shit happening on planet Earth. Have you seen this? Did you see that Africa is splitting into two continents? Yeah. No. Listen, man, you're following the wrong people on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, Africa's splitting into two continents. So, right, it's been happening for... It's probably racist, too, for some reason. (laughs) So it's gradually splitting into two continents, and what's going to happen is it's going to be filled in with ocean, this area that's opening up. It's not like it's going to drift completely apart. Basically, what's happening is you're getting this giant crevice that's opening up across Africa, and it's going to fill in with water eventually and create a new ocean. Uh, This could be a thing. A new ocean or a sea? This is one of those things where it's probably going to take a very long time, and they're talking to you about it like it's something you should know about now. But it's called rifting. It's rifting into two parts, and a new ocean's being born in it. This is something scientists have said. Of course, the problem with scientists is they'll tell you something that you don't give a fuck about. They'll be like, oh, man, have you heard about the asteroid that's going to impact the Earth? What? Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to hit the Earth and just destroy everything. Oh, my God. When is that happening? Like a billion years from now. Hey, shut the fuck up, Tom. (laughs) Okay? Who the fuck cares, man? Why are you telling me shit that has nothing to do with me, okay? Well, what if you live forever? I ain't going to be on the Earth when it hits, motherfucker. What are you talking about? Stop telling me shit about, hey, Africa's splitting into two parts. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. What's going to, yeah, the ocean's going to rush in. and Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, look at this picture of, like, these these fucking giant cracks going across. Oh, that's awesome. When, so this is happening in, like, like, five, ten years? Uh, at least five to ten million. Okay, go fucking kill yourself, all right? I'm sick and tired of this shit, you fucking scientists, okay? Why are you telling us about shit that's going to happen? in other people's lifetimes that we have no control over. Stop. You're just making stupid people. It's going to happen in 4,000 years. You know, I don't know how many people I've watched react to the Last of Us TV show, and every time they show that first segment in the opening of the show where they're talking about the cordyceps only exist in animals that don't have a higher temperature of 95 degrees, and us humans were like 98 or something, right? So it's like... Oh, but what if the earth was to warm? Then they'd have a reason to adapt to our body. Okay. And then everybody's like, oh, global warming. That's topical. No, it's not. Global warming does not mean the planet gets hotter. Okay. It's the ocean temperatures. All right. The side effect is a freeze, an ice age. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Are we supposed to start with games? Yeah. Let's talk about video games. No, it's the Gabbler <laughs> Show, remember? In fact, I'm not even here. I'm adding the, all this in post. Perfect. 
I'm adding this. Just see how well shit, I should I shouldn't have responded. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> this is actually the ramblings of a madman. Gabler is talking to himself, and he's insane. This is not pre-recorded. <laughs> actually, it is pre-recorded. Um, te yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. See, that's why I talk. That's all you fuckers say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Called improv. Yes, and yes, yes and <laughs> Diablo Immortal. <laughs> oh boy. So have you seen this shit? People are crying about Diablo Immortal. People getting an advantage. Oh my god, guys. If you play Diablo Immortal, you can buy a gem for a lot of real money. Instead of grinding out the gems, you could just pay and skip and get all the gems. You know, like every fucking modern game today. Well, don't, don't want to the grind game, the then. season. Don't want to grind the season pass in Call of Duty and get the fucking new gun, like the Hemlock, that's really good at release. Just pay for the fucking tears, my dude. Well, you hear that? You hear the collective gamers crying out about it? Oh, what? no, you don't. Yeah, well, Diablo Moro, you can buy some gems, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're just fucking. What is with these people? <laughs> I gotta spend a hundred thousand real life dollars to get an advantage in Diablo Immortal. For what? What do you mean an advantage? PvP. In a phone game. Diablo. Dude, esports was a fucking mistake. Everything's fucking PvP. <laughs> They're doing it with Diablo 4 too. If you buy the Diablo 4 Deluxe Edition, have you seen this shit? Oh my god, nope. dude. <clears throat> so, if you buy the Diablo 4 Deluxe Edition, you're gonna get some shit that'll give you an advantage. What does that even mean? And maybe there's people out there like Monty who don't really play Diablo games. Uh, it's a PvE game that you either play by yourself or with friends. The game loop is very simple. You play campaign first time, complete campaign, and then you go back through campaign and farm loot drops on higher difficulty. Just constantly nuking waves of fucking demons. That's the whole point. You go in, you have a build, you fucking destroy waves of demons. Every now and then you'll get a tougher demon that you got to spend a little bit of extra time on. That's it. If you get fucking destroyed, it's because the content is too high and your gear is not good enough yet. That's it. Now, in Diablo 3, they added a PvP. Oh. Very controversial at the time. People were like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And that's where it stayed. Controversial and stupid. You can go over here and PvP people. It's it's as useful as it is less significant than Dark Souls PvP. In Dark Souls PvP, there's actually items you can get and make use of. In Diablo PvP, you get nothing but bragging rights that you killed somebody in a game where you're meant to kill swathes of fucking demons. 
There's no skill shots in Diablo. It's not. It's a fucking mindless game that you just run through. There's no skill in this game. Who the fuck has ever sat back and gone, oh my god, look how skillful the... Do you see any videos on YouTube of people going fucking skilled run hardest difficulty Diablo with no pants on or some stupid bullshit like that? Iron Man. Oh man, look at the hardcore guys. It's a hardcore mode. Yeah, and you know what those people do? They die and make a new character constantly because you can just die randomly in Diablo. That's why I don't play hardcore. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Hours and hours of your life thrown away and wasted because you died to, I don't know, some fucking electric ball that happened to touch your shoulder because it was one pixel off and you weren't paying attention exactly because the entire screen is filled with flashing fucking lights and laser beams. How can you, you can barely even see your fucking character in that game. People are like, the PvP, if you buy the deluxe edition, oh my god, you're going to get pre-order bonuses. That are it's like mostly cosmetic shit, and like the deluxe edition gives you access to the what the because uh, of course they're gonna have a battle pass. <laughs> oh god, of course they're gonna have a battle pass, and who cares? You buy the ultimate edition, you get fucking seasonal battle pass unlock, and that's gonna give people an advantage in PvP day one. Who the fuck's PvP in day one? Just people cry about whatever they want to cry about, man. I didn't even know Diablo had PvP. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. A 20 tier skip. We don't even know what's in the battle pass. Cosmetics. It's not like people talk about this game like it's a fucking MMO or some shit. Like, oh my god. They used it's to do gonna this be shit, like man. every other fucking pre-order deluxe edition thing where it's like, hey, look at all this cool shit you get that's only useful from like level one to three. Yeah. You're gonna have a huge advantage from level one to three, though, my dude. I'll get over it. Look at this, people. Season passes, that's a pass for me. Glad I saw this before I pre-ordered a game that forces you to pay to play. Huh? Every game does season passes, dude. Every game is pay to play. <laughs> These people are fucking stupid. This is your average gamer. Yeah, they don't know a time without battle passes. That's what happens. You got people out here automatically assuming it's going to be a similar launch to Diablo 3. Like, why would you assume that? What has Blizzard done lately that makes you think that they're going to put out something like that? Diablo 3 was the state it was because of pro Diablo Immortal didn't have those problems. Right, Diablo 4. Remember, anybody, does anybody else remember Diablo 3's rocky launch? Yeah, the game had a lot of problems with it. But they haven't done that since. I mean, they haven't released a new Diablo for PC since all. Diablo Immortal doesn't count. It's not a real Diablo yeah, but game. Diablo 3's problem was its servers. People couldn't get into the game because of its server problems. And the auction like, house. And the fact that it looked like a World of Warcraft. There's a lot of things people were bitching about. Look at these people. Oh, it's just a standard edition for me. Thanks for sharing. Okay. 
How dare they offer people different options? A box full of regret comes with each edition. Gone are the days of praising Blizzard, but to be real, those days have long, long been gone. For well over a decade at this point in time. Then don't buy the game. Okay. The fuck are you bitching about? It's the same people that have been like cheering on lawsuits against Blizzard and shit. And it's like, well, now they need to make more money. Oh, well, fuck them for that too. You're right. You know what? They'll just make one game. It'll be free. There won't be any DLC and you could sue the oblivion out of them. And then we just won't have Blizzard games anymore. That's what mm -hmm. everyone wants, right? Everyone just wants Blizzard, Blizzard to go away. Blizzard will to the fucking wind, and then you won't have Blizzard games anymore, you dumb fucks. Their IPs will sit on a shelf just like Konami's IPs. Wee! Doesn't anyone else love Bio Bioware and like the games they think they that just because make? they don't like money or they don't have money that, well, you know, people just collect money from their businesses because and get, keep it in their pocket. You know, they could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did we lose him? Who? Monty? Oh, you stopped talking for a second there. After the pocket comment. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. It's it's fucking it's it's Diablo. They're gonna monetize it, and whatever. Well, I mean, they should monetize it. That's the problem with Diablo three, right? They tried to figure out a way to get it to be relevant for people that want to keep well, that's playing. the best part about Diablo three is it feels like an MMO at end game. Like everything's yeah. just there and you can get there. overpowered and no one really gives a shit about balance that much. Yeah. It's one of the few games where you still get to be overpowered. It's at like the they've end. had to add like 17 difficulty levels to keep it challenging, you know, like, yeah. And then they did seasons, which was like, go back and play it on a fresh new character and unlock these armor sets. And that's a cool concept, I think. It gives life to the game. I think they've solved that. Now they want to do battle passes? Okay, whatever. That's, that's well, the They gave up trying to right make now. money on Diablo, and that's the best time to play it. But, you know, they're going to try again with Diablo 4, and it's going to be, you know, the fucking modern Diablo game with modern it's monetization. It's going to be cosmetics with maybe some fucking... I mean, you play Destiny 2, for example, and the Season Pass has a track thing on it, and the track gives you rewards that aren't just cosmetic. They give you cosmetic rewards, but they also give you, you know, fucking materials and stuff, and that's pretty standard in video games right now, where they'll give you materials and shit. Nobody has a problem with that for some reason, but they have a problem... It's usually because those things have monetary values. Like those seem like the best deals in like the Call of Duty store, right? It's like, wait, I pay twenty dollars and I get twenty dollars worth of COD points in addition to all this other shit. Like, yeah, XP pat, XP boosts and shit. Yeah. Anyways, that was something about Diablo that I thought was ridiculous. People keep saying that shit. It's a little fucking cringe. People keep talking like Diablo is a PvP game, first and foremost. It's not even a PvP game, third most. Just per How would that a, even work? You just click on people. It's literally all you do. There's no skill shots in the game. There's, there's no, why would you want to? Why would you want to PvP in Diablo? Like, I don't understand. Oh my god, it. is that an enemy? I'm dead. <clears throat> right? Or it's just this long, drawn-out fight of just stupid. Imagine World of Warcraft PvP with the time to kill of Call of Duty. That's what it is. I mean, look at, like, the... Look at, like, some of the mage builds in Diablo 3. Like, so if I go into PvP, what, I'm just holding laser beam on this guy. Bzzz, and I, he, I died before he did, because... 
What are you going to do? He's also a wizard what? and did the same thing. Like, what am I supposed to do to that? It's not like it's not like there's some mechanic where the laser moves slowly across the screen or something and I can dodge it. It's an instant fucking fire goes to where my fucking mouse is at. So if I blink somewhere out of the laser beam that the other mage is doing, the other wizard is doing, he's just going to put it right back on me immediately. If I blink away from a barbarian, he's just going to jump on me immediately. Why? Because it's not World of Warcraft fucking vanilla classic where there's a fucking 20-second cooldown on charge that can't be used in combat. Like, I, I, what? Even in World of Warcraft today, you don't get to fight people as a caster from a distance. It doesn't happen. Oh, look, there's a warrior, and he's in my face. No matter what I do, he's going to be in my face. If I cross Nova and blink away, he's going to get out of it and get on top of me. There's no sense in even using those abilities. The best thing to do is just to spam fireball in his face or maybe do a little disorient so that I can get a couple seconds of charging my next attack before he hits me. I'm not yeah, going to run hit away. Him, hit him with a fireball that takes three seconds to cast. It takes away <laughs> 5% of his health. These games are not designed for PvP, man. Stop. If you want to PvP people, go play BR games. Go play Call of Duty. Okay? It's so dumb. Even in Dungeons and Dragons, PvP is stupid. Oh, you want to fight your teammate? Oh, fucking roll some dice, dude. Isn't that fun? Look. Look, you rolled dice, bruh. Yeah. You rolled your strength against his constitution, and he rolled his constitution against your strength because you're both different classes and have different strengths and weaknesses. And the weaknesses don't overlap each other. So you hit hard with strength, and he hits hard because he's not his, his abilities aren't based off strength. His abilities are based off constitution, and his constitution is high. So you're both rolling the same fucking numbers, practically. So who gets lucky? Who's going to get lucky and roll the nat 20? It, like, why would you want that? Why? It's so fucking stupid. Anyways, also, stop talking about Diablo Immortal, people. It's a goddamn phone game. Okay, the only reason why it's on PC in the first place is because you people cried about it not being on PC. I want the game on PC. It's a Diablo game. Okay, cool. It's on PC. There's, there's phone monetization systems on this. Yes. It's a phone game. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you think they made it? Genius. Okay. <laughs> it's random. Oh, God. It's random. Hey, supposedly there's a rumor that Elden Ring is getting ray traced. Yeah, it's not a rumor. They said update. they were going to do that. <clears throat> but it's well, it was a rumor when I saw it. They said that's it when it came it, out. That's what it was because every new as. game is going to have ray tracing. <clears throat> And they're like, not at lunch, no. <laughs> yeah, how long is that going to take? Question. Probably with the, the expansion that we also know nothing about. Well, according to Games Radar, back in February 24th, they talked about oh, it's getting ray tracing to make those poison swamps even prettier. <laughs> So tucked away in the first batch of Elden Ring patch notes, the publisher reveals that ray tracing, which is quickly becoming standard for next gen game, new gen games, is on its way. But we don't have a release date. Oh. It might come with the next DLC, probably. That's my guess. I, my guess is 
They won't just release a ray tracing <clears throat> patch. And if they do, it's going to be like right before the launch. Well, it's like good. I mean, it, hopefully they're actually taking their time and doing it right and not just swapping out one lighting system for another without implementing it properly. Because that's why a lot of people shit on ray tracing. It doesn't even look that good. It's like, yeah, well, it's still up to the fucking developers to do it right. Like, it's not just a switch you turn on. Some mm. some developers do it right and some completely fuck it up. Like Hogwarts Legacy completely fucked it up. Like the walls are shiny in that game when you turn ray tracing on. It kind of looks like shit. But Dying Light. Dying Light makes it look way better. So it depends. They're also just using Cyberpunk as a tech demo for ray tracing now. Are they? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be another ray tracing update and it's going to introduce path tracing, which no video cards can really handle at this point. Um, but it's going to look really good, you know? Oh, and to all those people out there who are like, fucking ray tracing is a gimmick. It just lowers your frame rate. Video cards can't handle it. No, your video card can handle it. Your CPU can't handle it. These people are running around with like fucking 3080 TIs and like a fourth generation Intel. Like, I don't understand why I can't get the frames. <laughs> it's because because your CPU sucks, man. Like I'm feeling the bottleneck and I have a 1050 K like, and that's not even that old, but two years, two years is all it takes. And I, I'm still convinced that these fucking developers are like, Oh look, new hardware coming out. We don't need to optimize as much. Anyway. Yeah. Ray tracing. Call of duty got an update. Well, it's got an update coming called season two reloaded or something like that. Yeah, they always do a mid-season update. Probably a new weapon. I think there's a new map that came out yesterday, today, something. Yeah, new weapon, new map. That's it? What are they? Has anybody, I mean, have they done anything about raids? And shit. Yeah, there's going to be a new raid, but who cares? Well, I mean, holy shit. I bought the game for those. <laughs> like, Sad. <laughs> there, no, the no, way they talked about it initially okay but the way they talked about it initially it seemed like there's going to be raids all the time not like just once every fucking mid-season I mean we got one at the beginning and now at the mid season oh great so we're going to get three total because that's how long it takes before they make another fucking Call of Duty no this is a two year game dude no it's not, yeah, they not anymore that. they changed their mind <laughs> again <laughs> Oh, you bought it? Everybody bought it? Okay, we changed our mind. <laughs> it's going to suck, too, because they're basically God taking the damn shit. damn it. They're taking the shit that they were going to add to Modern Warfare 2 next year and just making it its own game. But don't worry. It's all going to tie into Warzone 2, just like, you know, the past three Call of Duties tied into Warzone, Warzone 1. Warzone 2, 2. 2.2. <laughs> it's so fucking two. stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like that they take their like the guns and shit from every new Call of Duty game and put it into Warzone. <laughs> They're like, oh, it keeps the meta fresh. It's like, yeah, but now everyone's running around with like a, a fucking M MP40 or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it looks like it's 2014, but everyone's using a fucking Gewehr or some shit. Yeah, that's it's stupid. You should probably theme it with maps. Like, Every season, you should have a map that rotates in and out, and that map has different weapons associated with it based Just off, separate like, time the game. I know, like, this whole linking them together is fucking stupid, and keeping unlocks tied behind the multiplayer, I mean, 
for all intents and purposes. If you're leveling up all your guns in Warzone, you're fucking retarded. Okay, but not DMZ. Uh <laughs> yeah, DMZ. Dude, you would have had all your weapons leveled up and every attachment for every gun. I don't need two all of ago. them though. I don't need all of them. Yeah, but you Most might need some kind trash. of sight. You might need some kind of sight or some nah, kind of I got grip or something. Holotherm. That's all I need, man. Okay, holotherm. <laughs> every situation, every gun. Shit levels up pretty fast in DMZ, to be fair. Every time I come out of a DMZ match, I've got like four to six levels on my gun, if that's what I'm using the Good, you don't know any better. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. Yeah, I get it. But it's like, I hate the monotony of just the same small map over and over, dying constantly, killing, getting a couple kills and dying, getting a couple just, I don't know. That's not my, you know, that's how, that's just not how I am. I get that people are like that. It's fine. Each their own, you know. Hey, did you hear that uh, Call of Duty is rumored to be doing a TV show? I mean. I feel nothing. Yeah. What does it even mean? <laughs> what's, what, what, what's, what Call of Duty? Which one? Probably the one with the guy that talks like this and has That's the all of <laughs> it's gonna be one where there's a guy that talks to you like this over the radio are there even any like recurring characters in call of duty like is there even yeah there's that game storyline yeah. that needs to be followed yeah, here yeah the modern warfare series and the black, black ops, ops they both have their own like cast that they keep bringing back and shit. I just don't understand. See, who they're was selling in a significant. I don't even know. Who gives a shit? I just don't understand who was in a. No, I hope. I hope they like, just make a war movie. I hope they do like another Band of Brothers and just slap the Call of Duty title on it. That's what they yeah. do. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, what, they were just sitting around. Like, what if we made a Call of Duty TV show? Yeah, like what does that mean? It's just a military show. <laughs> it's. Right. Like, what are you making a? I mean, that's yeah, but it's like the military. It's, it's show. just a band of brothers. No, it's going to be a band of peoples because there has to be women. Right. Got to be a woman in it. Chick, probably. Yeah, got to have some Arabic that's woman okay. who is also a Muslim and very good, and not like the other ones. And has one arm. Yeah, and you got to be fighting Russians, probably. Well, that was Battlefield with the prosthetics and shit. Uh. No, you're right. She's got to be in a wheelchair. She's got to have some kind of skin condition. She's got eczema. <laughs> know how right. hard it is to fight war with eczema? No. Me neither. Doesn't seem to mind, though. Probably more concerned about getting shot in the face, right? Yep. Yeah, probably. This war is uncomfortable and I'm all itchy. Don't really think that's a complaint you hear. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when I was in the military, we complained about armor and helmets and shit all the time. Shit's heavy and uncomfortable. Still going to wear it. But <laughs> don't hear anyone complaining about getting shot in the head. So, well, that's because helmets don't save you from that shit you know what i mean that's what i'd be complaining about why do i have to wear this helmet it doesn't even protect me from getting shot in the head I mean, it, it, it helps with like the possibility of ricocheting a bullet it, essentially it's for shrapnel that's all it's for 
Does the AK-47 have a uh, pistol version? Uh, technically, yes. I what have are you talking about? Any Russian AK pistol, pistol is just an AK-47. <laughs> I mean, the the one I have is it's all an AK. It's a Palmetto platform. State, and it's called uh, AKB. But I think the official one is like the AP9 or some shit. Oh, here we go. I found a... Uh, yeah, it's it's a 9mm uh, AK variant. Because, of course, it is. <laughs> we took, look, it took all these parts away, and then we have pistol, yes. <laughs> That's every fucking Russian weapon. It's, it's like that scene at a naked gun with OJ just adding attachments to his pistol for, like, three scenes, and then he's just sitting in, like, a turret gun shooting artillery. A, uh, I'm putting this in admin. This is a picture... Of an AK, uh, not AK, a Russian pistol. <clears throat> it is pistol grip. <laughs> That's just an AK. Yeah. It's a Russian pistol, not AK. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> I mean, technically, you know, pistols, it, it's just a term to get. <clears throat> you know, around laws in America. Good yeah. point. Well, I'm, I'm just saying as far as calling something a pistol, like my AKB is a pistol. Well, yeah, sure. But it's also an AK that's just nine millimeter instead of 7.62 or 5.45, whatever. Yeah, is that the one that you lost on a boating trip in international waters? Yeah. I lost all of them, actually. Oh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to buy more, but the economy's pretty bad right now. Yeah. You'd have to wait it out <clears throat> several centuries. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh, what? <laughs> My... That's the song I you'll be singing in Did you guys see the, 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 the Russian bullpup? Here's the Russian bullpup. <laughs> yeah. It's that gun from PUBG. <laughs> it's that pub yeah, it's from that, Gun G. It's that AK-47. Definitely not an AK-47. It's made of scrap metal. <laughs> And plywood. <laughs> right. <clears throat> no, really, it is. This is this is the Russian jet, and it's just an AK-47 <laughs> with the fucking jet engine on it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> right, here we go. I found the World War II uh, Russia planes from... Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, it would probably work. AKs always do, right? Mm. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. This is real, though. This is a uh, Russian drone armed with a AK-47 gun. <laughs> it's just, that's real, dude. It's happening. <laughs> the memes are coming to life, bro. <clears throat> Because we introduced it to the collective memory and now people are starting to pick up on it thinking it's their idea. You're welcome, Earth. This is great. You're welcome. We do it. 
I don't want to talk about Destiny, but only briefly because there's not much more to say about that I haven't already said. Uh, but I wanted to touch on like because uh, last time I talked about it, I had only played the campaign and I hadn't really messed with post game. It certainly is a, a lot better in terms of uh, <clears throat> the difficulty of the game. I know a lot of people are saying things like, nah, they made the game, don't worry. There's a lot of pandering going on in the YouTube community to the player base that, trust me, guys, the game's more difficult than ever. Because they'll, they'll do things where they'll go like, I know that this is not difficult and this is not difficult, but just wait, guys. It's not, it's going to be more difficult than ever. It's like, <laughs> so like, somebody brought up the, uh, I think it was Cross did a video where he showed the numbers from every Destiny raid of, like how many people have completed the raid. Uh, I don't know if it was overtime completely or just day one. I think it was day one or something like that. Maybe first 48 hours or something. Um, and, you know, it starts from like Destiny 1 all the way to the current one that just came out. And the incremental numbers going up. But like the difference is pretty startling. So like the last raid, they've obviously getting more and more people clearing it. But... I'm just going ballpark here off the top of my head, but it was something to the degree of the previous raid that they had and the last one that came out was like 20,000 people cleared it in 48 hours. But this one that just came out, 48,000 people cleared it in the first 48 hours. And there's a lot of people that are like, the game's too easy, the game's too easy. But Bungie has come out and said they want more people to experience this content. You know, so they're kind of stifling a bit of the elitism. And I think, again, this has to do with the acquisition by Sony because, you know, Sony understands you want more people playing your video games. You, you can really look to World of Warcraft as an example of this. People will swear up and down that, oh, man, vanilla was much better. And this is kind of that elitist mentality that difficult equals better. But that's, A, not necessarily true because we all know that's not what makes Dark Souls fun, to the contrary of stupid people. Dark Souls is not fun because of difficulty. It's fun because of exploration and world building and the way the game plays and the amount of replayability that's in it. The loop is fun, not the difficulty. The it's least fun part really about the game is the difficulty. <clears throat> it's not really. Like, as long it's as you don't... cheesy bullshit bosses. If you think you can go in there and button mash and you're just, that's all you're doing and you're not learning, <laughs> you just keep button mashing, uh, yeah, you're going to have a bad time. Sure. But like, in as long as you kind of play the game like it's supposed to be played, or cheese it, it's actually not that hard. I would say Dark Souls is about as difficult when it, I mean, I'd say 90% of Dark Souls is about as difficult as any other game out there that's kind of like that. Um, I'm not going to say like legend. I also, I should probably apologize because like you guys asked me like, hey, what difficulty are you playing on for Resident Evil? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to play on normal. I should have specified like I'm playing on normal. You guys, or at least Monty probably should have played one down because normal is hard. It is one of those games where. It's, well, I've been uh, playing it on I, I normal. I was doing fine. It's just the script well, death bullshit that kept getting me. There's two things about Resident Evil. One is that a lot of times they're meant to be replayed. So you're only supposed to really play normal if you're pretty experienced with Resident Evil. Well, no. And I the mean, other thing what, is like, if I'm you don't, if you don't, if you don't know where you're going though, this is the problem that I have. Like, I don't know if I can play a Resident Evil game on normal the first time, like the very first time I play it. Cause it will at least, well, old, no because you, well, you'd have to backtrack. 
Right. If you don't know where you're going or where shit goes, you're constantly backtracking. I'm personally of the belief so that you should of always play a game. I think you should always play a game on the easiest possible setting. Maybe not easiest possible. There are some settings out there that are way too easy. But on an easy setting the first time you play so that you can enjoy the game, its narrative, learn its systems. Because if you go into a game, sometimes you might go into a game on a harder difficulty and you're slamming your head up against the wall and that might affect your opinion of the game in a negative way. That's not fair to the developer because they never intended it. I see Twitch streamers all the time. Oh, I'm going to play it on the hardest. Oh, man, God of War first time. going to play it on the hardest difficulty possible. And it's like, first of all, this is not fun to well, watch. You, you you're, really it's need just to standardize. taking you so long to fight You need to standardize the difficulty level. And then you level. die and have to do it again. But you should definitely play at least on normal. I would say one below normal unless you're already... Like, like maybe none of this, stop doing like easy, medium, hard, or naming it creative things. Like the one that it's meant to be played as in any game should just be normal. Yeah. Because then I'm agree. not fucking guessing. I agree. Because um, then you get these arguments <laughs> and people on YouTube. Like I saw a guy who did a video about how Devil May Cry 5 was shitty until you've already played it for 50 hours. And in order to get any fun out of it, he had to play it with no prior upgrades or anything on the harder, not the hardest, just the one harder difficulty than it lets you start at. So there's Devil Hunter, which is supposed to be normal, and then there's one above that, and then there's another one that you have to unlock by beating the game. And he's like, no, that's the one I wanted to play from the beginning. It's like, dude, I know you want it to be about skill, but just kick ass. You have, like, you're going to tell me you had no fun in this whole game and you beat it three times? A lot of Well, this not until it is... got really hard. A lot of this is flexing bullshit too. Like, there's a lot of people out here that feel the need to flex and do diffi hard difficulties in front of an audience of people, or else their self worth is lowered or something like that. Like, no, I'm a fucking gamer, dude. Like, that's not what makes you a gamer, okay? <laughs> well, especially when games video first games come, when games first enjoyable. come out, right? Like. I don't understand these people that are like, here's the new Resident Evil. I'm the first one to beat it and create a YouTube video on, on Madhouse mode. It's like, I I already played the game. Like, why the fuck would I be interested in watching someone play it on the hard mode? Yeah, but also at the same time, it's like people will complain. There's not enough difficulty. Make the difficulty. There's people that play World of Warcraft and then they'll set, they'll set like rules for themselves, like Iron Man mode. Oh, if I die, I have to delete my character. Or I'm only allowed to wear white rarity item. Like, yeah, make the difficulty, dude. I'm going to go through Resident Evil and use only the knife. That's all you have to do. You don't need a difficult. You can do that yourself. If your goal and your point is, I want a challenge. Okay, well, play the game and challenge I yourself. I want a challenge. Also, the tank controls are terrible. <clears throat> Here's an idea. Challenge sucks because tank Play controls. with your feet. Show me how skillful you really are. Fucking hey, loser. Just want to let everyone know out there. Um, the first time you played Resident Evil 4 on PS4 or GameCube, it had tank controls. Surprise. Hey, also just want to let people out there know that nobody cares how good you are at video games. Really. Nobody does. And you want to, you, if Unless you want to challenge, fine. That's great. Cheat. Oh. I want challenges. Then go play fucking Tetris, man. Or like, what are you talking about? Go play puzzle games or something that, that give you challenge. Like, go play Sudoku or something. What, what the fuck are we talking about? I want a challenge. Make it a challenge then. Stop fucking demanding hard modes and shit in video games. Okay? 
God, you all sound like fucking whiny, cringy bitches. Dark Souls is what... No, the reason why... Tell me why Sekiro's not as popular as Dark Souls and Elden Ring. Oh, is it because it's not difficult enough? Is it too easy? Wrong. People even said that that game's harder than Dark Souls, and I agree with them. Why is it not as fun? Well, because the world building sucks. Because it's just Japan. It's like a, an offshoot of like Japan with some mystical shit going on. It's not a fantasy world that, you know, one minute you're in a fucking underground place that's got fucking whims. It got a fucking, uh, there's a fucking boat. And then the next minute you're up above that area in a fucking castle. And then you go up above that area in a fucking dragon sky fucking floaty island shit. You don't get any of that in Sekiro. It's just Japanese fucking castle. Japanese castle and outskirts. Whoa! Oh yeah, there's a giant snake. That's cool. That's a cool little area. Once. Hey, there's no weapons, so you can't do any builds. It's all just... the one. Somebody put a video out. Right, the problem with Dark Souls is that you can't level up all these weapons in one playthrough. You gotta get... Like, fuck off. Just commit to your choices, man. The, you know what these people are? The people that complain. Oh, man. I wish I could fucking level up 16 fucking weapons in one playthrough. I mean, just commit to something. Find a weapon you like and level it up. You don't have to keep changing weapons throughout the game. You really don't have to do that. All the weapons are viable. You're like, these are the people that are like in the right lane, but they want to fucking turn left. So instead of going down a block and turning left, they just fucking push their car into your fucking life. <laughs> they look at you like it's not their fault. I, I don't, I, I, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I want How you many to fuck off. It take to change four lanes? Good luck, everyone. <laughs> How about going down to check by yourself? I have a rope here. That's good implications. But yeah, people are complaining that Destiny 2 is not hard enough. Um, it's, it's, okay, so right now, like, the, the pinnacle cap is 1830. I'm like 1790. So I can't really do, like, legendary lost sectors right now. Um, but hey, guess what's not in these, any of this shit? Match game. Oh my god. Dude, I, I have a build that I'm playing because I like it. Like, I'm using Osteostriga, which is an SMG exotic. Uh, I'm using Null Composure as my secondary, as a void weapon to deal with champ, uh, not champions, but um, majors. And then I have a heavy machine gun void weapon. I think it's the one from the Vault of Glass. <clears throat> Those are, th that's my build. And I, that's my build because I like it because it works really well. It synergizes. There's like an artifact trait, which artifact traits, you don't put them on your gear anymore. Once you unlock it, you have it. So anytime I use a void weapon and I get multi-kills with it, or I, or I get a yellow bar kill with it rather, not multi-kills, a, a brick of power ammo drops. So I don't even have to have a power ammo finder. So I just, Kill a major and power ammo drops from it. It's like unlimited fucking power ammo this season. And then anytime I pick up an orb of power, I get void, uh, I get uh, volatile rounds for my void weapons. So if a group of enemy rolls up, just pop out fucking null composure. But at the same time, I'm using a build that uses the necrotic grips for warlocks, which cause uh, certain weapons like Osteostriga to do poison damage to enemies. And when you hit headshots with Osteostriga, it 
it causes an explosion. So not only does that explosion poison the gun people, just but did my that. Grips, it was doing that yeah. last time I played. Yeah, it does that, but so do my necrotic grips. So it, it pairs well with the necrotic grips on top of stasis, uh, not stasis, sorry, strand, where whenever I kill an enemy, they get fucking suspended, which is similar to being frozen by stasis. Uh, but like players can still shoot you with hip fire or something like that, but NPCs don't. So you're just mowing through enemies, just suspending them and just all these explosions. And it's a, it's like, it's like void 3.0 season all over again with volatile rounds, just destroying everything. And that's my build. And then I go into an activity where there's like, let's say barrier champions and overload champions. <clears throat> I don't have to change anything or bring anything from my build. My my Osteostriga is an SMG that I'll deal overload. That's an artifact season. It does overload. Okay, that's handled. I was bringing that anyways. Uh, if there's an unstoppable champion, I just suspend them with uh, my suspension grenade, or maybe if I've consumed it and I've shot somebody that's near them, okay. So uh, unstoppable champions, not an issue. Just dealt with. Don't have to change my build because there's so many ways. Every now has a built-in way to deal with a champion. Uh, so if you're if you're fire, your grenade's gonna deal with one of the champion types. If you're whatever, so um, barrier champion is the only thing I don't have a weapon that I carry to deal with. But here's the here's the kicker: uh, if I see a barrier champion, I shoot it till it's like one third health, and then I throw my fucking grenade at it that suspends it in the air, and it can't put a bubble on because it's suspended. So fuck them. <laughs> It literally deals with two champions. So they've literally made champions far easier to manage and deal with with so many more ways to deal with them. There's no more fucking match game in hard content. The only thing that they've done is make it to where... So it used to be like when you were higher light level above content, you got a slight advantage. It's such a small percentage in terms of damage dealt and damage taken. Now there's a cap. So when you go into 1830 content... You're always going to be 1830. Well, it was pretty much already like that anyways. That's not what made the game difficult. What made the game fucking difficult was having to fucking bring weapons you don't want to bring. So, fucking, I got to bring fucking Arbalist because it's or match using game. the fucking flavor of the week. Fucking, uh, whatever. What are the colors called? Yeah. Void, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever those Subclass. are. Subclass. Subclass. Yeah. So that's gone too because and it's it was really annoying because it wasn't like they did in game content like, where they're like this one gun rolls with this one trait that synergizes really well with this one sub subclass if you build it just right as long as you also have these modifications that only go on certain elemented armor and only in certain slots and there's not enough of them because you also need basic shit and if you put all that together right and you know you don't waste all your resources leveling shit up and then find a better piece of gear then you can play the game in the way it's meant to be played. So right. <laughs> like, it's like, how about you just let me pick how I want to play? Yeah, yeah. Let me play the, whole the game. Time. And man, does it feel that after way after the because... first hundred hours? It really smooths out. <laughs> <laughs> it really feels that way because the problem with that match game, for example, which was one of the worst things they ever did for the longest time, they throw you into in-game content. Champions aren't that bad, but match game they throw you into a game where it's like a uh, match game so you got to match the shields to it but then they put every shield type like every shield type would be there uh here's 
a bunch of fucking taken that have purple shields. Okay, well, I got a void weapon. Well, it was oh, worse than the fucking lost sectors because you're supposed to shields. do them alone, right? Like, match yeah. game, oh, exactly, it still sucked, yeah. but at least it was possible when you had three people, and it's like, all right, let's coordinate sure. weapons. When it's just you, it's like, oh, and also yeah. you can't switch weapons, right? So you have to plan yeah, this all out before. locked. So take specific weapons well, that suck. Which really meant uh, that linear linear fusion arbalist. arbalist. <laughs> guess we're bringing arbalist again <laughs> guess i'm bringing arbalist i don't get to bring the exotic i want to bring that does good damage and that's what oh. i always hated about destiny how it always pigeonholed you into one thing it definitely feels like it's not like that anymore yeah. i've definitely yeah, swapped machine gun that shoots at a bajillion rpm <laughs> good times yeah that was a bug uh <laughs> it's a feature justice for me <laughs> Justice for Monty. Give him his account back. Um, I would say that it definitely feels a lot better now. Like with now that they have like loadouts, I can swap between different specs quickly and easily. And I've I haven't I've I went to Solar and did a thing. I've went to Void and done a thing. And I've been doing Strand as a thing. And none of those specs feel like any one of them stronger than the other. They all feel good. I feel like I can play whatever the fuck I want now, and that's great. I did have to cheese the callous boss fight, and I think a lot of people are doing that because it's just a little ridiculous right out of the gate with the way that they spin that fight. But all the elitists are crying that the game's not hard enough. The game's not hard anymore. It would fucking make it hard, man. Go into the game with a pistol. Use only a p pistol only. Not going to use any abilities. Just pick something. Make the game hard. For if you're really that... And this is the thing I talk about with this kind of shit all the time. These people don't want to challenge. These people are lying fucking pieces of shit that don't want to challenge. Hey, if, there, if there's ever a point where somebody's reacting to this shit, me saying this kind of shit, I'm going to say it for a long time since now. You are a fucking liar. You do not want a challenge. If you wanted a challenge, you would fucking challenge yourself like the countless people who do Iron Man challenges and all sorts of shit without begging a fucking developer to make it harder for everyone else. If it was just about you and you wanting a challenge and not being an elitist cutbag, then that's what you would fucking do. But the fact of the matter is you're an elitist fucking douchebag who wants everybody to not have a shot at something for what re whatever reason, because your mommy didn't hug you enough. I don't fucking know. These are the same people that'll be like, man, Blizzard, people, it's fucking stupid that Blizzard lets people get access to mythic loot outside of mythic raids in World of Warcraft. <laughs> They don't even run Mythics. They don't deserve that gear. Why do you deserve it? Because I'm doing the hardest content. Why do you want to do the hardest content? Because I like a challenge. Then why the fuck do you need gear that makes the hardest content easier every time you complete it? You got an argument for that one? You got a fucking argument for that one? Yeah. Let's, let's do this content because it's a challenge and I should be rewarded with not cosmetic gear. But the best gear in the game that makes the content easier. <laughs> Derp! Fucking, it's, it's infant brain type shit. You shouldn't be getting the best gear in the game for doing the hardest content if the fucking goal is for the content to be difficult because all you're doing is watering down the content when you wear that gear. Why would you want that? Cosmetic, sure, go ahead. Have your fucking That's mouth. what addiction is. You know? <laughs> 
Just yeah. keep chasing that dragon. Don't know why. Just need more and more and more. Just need more. Here's some lyrics. You ready? I'm Marquis. Keep chasing the dragon, Ben. You're going to get it. Uh, other thing that people are complaining about, and the last thing I'll talk about with Destiny 2, Lightfall. Lightfall's good. I will agree that the campaign is a little lacking in storytelling, and that's because this is their Avengers Part 1, right? This is their in-game Part 1 deal where they're setting up the big thing for Part 2. And so people are a little upset because, you know, the light fall happens and the witness shows up in our solar system and he gets to the traveler and all this stuff's happening. And then he goes into the traveler and then it's like, what happened? <laughs> what is the veil? What is the veil? Nobody knows what this shit is. This veil that's hidden under Neomuna. It's just there. It's got some kind of connection to the traveler. The witness used it to make a connection using your ghost to go into the traveler, and now he's in the traveler. There's this big triangle shaped thing that looks like the veil in front of the traveler now, but we don't know if we didn't even try to go through it, but we don't think it. We're pretty much being told by everybody that we can't go through it, even though how would they fucking know? The current season is Marasov imbuing us with some kind of power of the, the void, the taken power that she somehow has access to living out on the outskirts of the solar system for so long that's apparently trying to set up the idea that we're going to go to other planets and we're probably going to bring back venus and all these other planets using this power that's something that they hint at in the in the raid uh they talk about and you know this kind of goes to what savathun said you're going to move worlds guardian like one of these three things i say is a lie and one of them is you're going to move the world and that's not the lie you're going to move worlds and that's not the lie so you know, of course, with Sony coming back, they want to bring all that content back. Uh, you, know, you go to the Black Garden and do some shit in one of these campaign story things. and So that that's going to be interesting. But people are complaining that there's not really... They were expecting a lot of stuff. And it is true. The Witness shows up and does this stuff. And then you go to Neomuna. And you're not really fighting the Witness until the raid where you go into his pyramid shit that the Traveler shot and kind of terraformed a bit. And you go in and run around on some of that stuff and do it. It's all kind of interesting, and we'll see. Like they're setting up for the final shape, which is supposed to be like the big thing at the end. Um, the Marsov thing's pretty cool. Being able to like go into that shadow realm we've been into so many times with the Taken, and apparently that allows you to travel great distances. In you know, you travel a short distance in there, and then you come out and you've traveled a great distance one of the battlegrounds for example has you start at the farm and you go into the shadow realm and you climb up some of these you know floating platforms that's pretty prevalent in this realm that we've been to in the past fighting some taken and all that shit and you get to the top and you're running around on this fucking cabal ship in space and then you go through the portal and boom you're up in orbit on one of these ships in the real world now so that's kind of cool. They're hinting at that being a way to travel outside of the solar system after this light and dark saga. So that's probably going to be kind of cool. The game is definitely a lot better than it used to be. We don't see them making big sweeping nerfs right now. <laughs> right now, the big thing that everybody's talking about, and it just came out yesterday, is you can go into the, uh, you can farm artifice armor right now that's high stat level very easily with a cheese. I don't know how they're going to change this. I really don't. Maybe. It's only active this week because every week they cycle the dungeon that drops the artifice armor. 
But this week, it's that uh, the one with the bells. Remember the callous bells that take you into the red realm or whatever it is, the nightmare realm. And then you come out of it. And then there's that boss that's the melee guy. Well, apparently, that's the first boss of the dungeon. So you can just go over to the edge and kind of like jump off the edge backwards. And he'll he'll like lurch at you with a twin strike attack and just fall off the map. <laughs> that's how people are farming it right now. Resetting the dungeon over and over and getting... I've got like six golf balls already. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> but, you know, I would say like... Right now, that dungeon is 8.30 cap for Master. Going into that, there's... Again, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to farm that first boss on an 8.30 Master. Now that there's not a fucking stupid-ass, you know, match game mechanic... Uh, there's not even any champions on Master in that dungeon. Those dungeons typically don't have champions. You know, it's just a, a difficulty issue. <clears throat> um, so Master content's a lot easier now. And I, I disagree. I don't think it's going to get harder. I don't, I don't think the cap is going to make it hard at all. It already felt that way. I think people are just coping right now, these fucking people that for some reason want the game to be harder for everybody else. And the last thing I'll say is that people are also complaining about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in a Destiny game complaint. Like, oh, I thought we were just going to get to Neo Muna and there's going to be people everywhere. Huh? <laughs> this is Destiny. What are you talking about? Yeah, man, there's not enough, There's not any NPCs around. <laughs> there's quest givers. Well, yeah, there's a couple quest givers and the NPCs of this. They, they made a good excuse for it. Yeah, it's this big giant city. And there's not NPCs. Yeah, they probably could have put some NPCs huddled into buildings and shit, but they're not going to be walking around on the streets while the Cabal are going around shooting people. The whole concept of the Cabal have invaded Neomuna. So everybody has digitized themselves and uploaded their consciousness to these computers. And you see their digital forms in the streets and shit like that. They can't be harmed or whatever. They're like holographic projections. It's like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. That's fine. Otherwise, what what would we get? If it's not that, then it's going to be like, oh, here's a building with a bunch of fucking NPCs that don't really react to anything huddled together. Well, who cares? Well, these people are acting like you should be able to just walk the streets, and there's people in the streets living out their daily lives. There's a cabal invasion! <laughs> what? I mean, plus, who would care about that shit? <laughs> what the fuck? Seriously, if it were up to me, that map would just have a menu system or no, yeah. map that game would just have a menu system. This is where I want to go. Go. I don't care about people dancing in a fucking tower. Yeah, I agree with that. You're not talking about patrol areas. You're talking about the tower and shit. It's yeah. every MMO. Well, I'm just every to rip you MMO. out of the experience. Like naked well, no, idiots. I, like, dancing. Destiny <laughs> was always sold as a fucking MMO and it's really anything not. but. Really it's not. a three-player fucking game. Sometimes six players. They have made some work towards the uh, something I'll, I'll say I've noticed. They have some, they have made some strides against taking out the uh, killed by the art architects. Uh, there have been times where I should have died but didn't. There is fall damage, but they haven't implemented it completely, so you do oh, no. just die when you you're, land. You're wording that wrong. There are times where you shouldn't have died and you still didn't. So you know. Well. Yeah, but there are times where it's just clearly not... They've talked about how it's not completely implemented yet, and it's something they're working on throughout the seasons, taking out the art of the death to the ar architects thing. 
one of the things they do is like if the cabal knock you backwards with a shield slam and you hit the wall and die it just doesn't say killed by the architects anymore it says killed by the cabal guy it's like the same shit there but i think that's just something they haven't removed yet right now there's a bug to where instead of falling you know you used to be able to fall any distance and you wouldn't die unless you landed on like the fucking lip of something weird or something like that now you just die so that's a bug apparently where they want to put in fall damage, but they didn't implement it properly yet. So that's one thing. Yeah, it's still bungee. But uh, they just got some Japanese overlords now telling them what to do if they want to keep their jobs. <clears throat> it's it's looking that's good. It should have been the entire time. Yeah, it's looking good. The Those weapons they've incorporated be are good. They should be fucking bowing I to agree. their overlords whenever they fuck up. I agree. <laughs> Everyone gets us fucking Tonto. But when they fuck up, they can <laughs> do the thing that you do with Tontos. <laughs> yeah. We can move on from day. Destiny Talk. That's all I had to say about it. I'm having a good time with it. I haven't hit any point where it's like, <clears throat> which is usually end game content, but I haven't gotten there yet. Hey, fool me five times. Fuck you. <laughs> Listen, you gotta accept at some point that the game could become good and not fool me once, will fool me again. That's the thing, right? I mean, are you gonna write off a game forever because it had problems that are now resolved? I don't know. No, not the first time, or the second time, or the third time, or the fourth time. Fifth time's the charm, man. That's what my dad used to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Joe Biden's dad used to say. I was a child of his fifth wife. Six times the charm. Hey, well, I, I guess we can, <laughs> we can move on to The Last of Us, last yeah, two episodes. Uh, so it's exactly as I predicted right here on this podcast. <laughs> All you 6,999,999,999 people that don't listen to this podcast are missing out. They, they Like, Joel is a dickhead and doesn't seem to like Ellie hardly at all, except for the forced moments where he... And then through segment. exposition says that he cares about Ellie. And then all of a sudden last episode, boom, he's like, Oh, you, you want to read a book? Well, let's talk you about wanna... the cannibal episode first. Cause we skipped that one. Uh, Cause we're doing the podcast every two weeks now, not every one week. If you're lucky, if we're lucky, no, if they're lucky, <laughs> if they're lucky, <laughs> if we're lucky, we'll never do it again. <laughs> exactly. The cannibal episode. Got the whole fucking thing. <laughs> so, what'd your wife think about the cannibal episode? I don't think she had any strong feelings either way. It was just I think like, it was weird them trying to make him biblical for some reason. Like they really just tried, didn't they? They really tried to make Bible thumpers. The I enemy. never know. I never know when people write that shit in. Like, are you trying to say that like this guy's crazy because of the Bible, or no, he's, he's so crazy he's that he thinks it. he's righteous? Like. He's using it and I look feel at these like people, they, they're sheeps, and he's a wolf. Yeah, he's I know. I feel the like there was some kind him. of symbolism, but I didn't I didn't see it. Uh, it's definitely not hammered into your face like the gay stuff. But Right, but even if it wasn't supposed to be hammered into your face, like what is the subtle message they're trying to... Or is it just character that, building? Oh, that know. religious people are sheep being led around by wolves who are using the religion against them. <laughs> so you're saying religion is good. They're all gullible. You mean like politics? No. No. <laughs> yes, no. 
<laughs> it's weird because that one was random. Well, the thing is, this guy's supposed to be a cannibal pedophile, and they really don't turn the pedophilia thing up to the last second with him. Yeah, because they probably don't want to get fucking canceled. I gotta time. say that this guy is not as good as Nolan North. I, I will say that. I think Nolan North did a better character in the game. I don't even remember this part in the game. It's the fucking black-haired guy that's I mean, no, I don't even. No, I mean, I don't remember me. cannibals. Like that's how long. Well, it's just better at being. Well, so in and so here's the thing. So in the show, they do an okay job with it. You know, he, their people were the university people. So in the in the game, it's like fucking dozens of people that you kill. In the show, it's like four dudes that show up. They do a pretty good job at certain aspects. Like, you know, they open up on this town of people and they're being religious about it. And one of their people has been killed and they're, they're grieving him and having a, a thing for him or whatever. And the daughter's crying about it. His, the guy that died. And it kind of adds a little human element to the other side, even though they're fucking cannibals. And you saw that those guys just outright attacked Ellie and Joel for no reason. Um, you know, but the problem with that, in my opinion, is only a few people knew that about the cannibalism. I feel like it'd be really hard to hide cannibalism. <laughs> well, it was willful, willful ignorance, right? Like he brings in all that meat all cut up and she's like, what is this? And he's like, venison. Like, you know, yeah, it's and not then venison. They cut, and then they come in afterwards with the deer on the ground. And it's like, well, and the people are still really eating like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you notice, they, they, I mean, first of all, I will say it was a good episode in the sense that, like, yeah, the dude acted it well. Like, he seemed like if you didn't know any better, like, yeah, I trust this guy. He seems harmless, right? Yeah, but there's, like, certain like things did, that, did, though, yeah. like, this guy just seems off. And then there's other things, like, when they're all sitting down to eat, everyone's got a little bowl of human stew. And this yeah. dude has, like, and a he huge has, plate like, a of it. big plate, yeah. I, said, I thought that was a good touch. Uh because they're really nailing home the idea that it's a bit of a control aspect that he's doing well, it for power. It's still kind of that question. Is it a cult or is it a religion? Right? I think that's what they were trying and to that's, do is make it culty. Well, that's how you do it. Right. Like, cause cults are all about one human person. Yeah. So it's like, he gets the bigger plate, you know, he's the leader. It's all about mm -hmm. him. He slaps somebody in front of everybody and they don't fucking bulge or think about well, it. Well, they're all yeah. clearly terrified as he's like bringing the deer in. You know? Yeah. Like your abusive daddy just came home. Mm -hmm. I think the episode was pretty good. Um, but again, where are the zombies? You know, I think a lot of yeah. people who didn't know the game were expecting a lot more of like, you know, Walking Dead level of zombies and. Well, this is the problem. The, a lot That's of what happens the video you're game, fucking episodes are a lot of the zombies in the video game are gameplay. Everything else is interactions with people. So all the cutscenes, if you go on The Last of Us, if you go on YouTube and watch like The Last of Us cutscene, uh, all of the cutscenes, you're not going to see many zombies. And that's because a lot of the cutscenes are dealing with people. And a lot of the gameplay is dealing with zombies and sometimes people. Oftentimes people, oftentimes zombies, oftentimes people, it's a little bit of both. Uh, and that's kind of a problem in this show. I agree. I mean, you really could have had, this kind of goes back to the episode of showing everybody Riley, the backstory of how she was bitten. It's like, 
you could have had that time having them run from zombies and fight zombies. A little filler episode where there's action. There's not enough action in this show. I mean, started out with action. I think that's why the last episode is going to be good for people is because Joel finally goes on a fucking rampage, which in it the game he out. does often. That was the finale. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm saying people like are probably coming away from that enjoying it because you know he goes on a, even though it feels a little phoned in. You know, let's we'll go ahead and move on. Yeah, the, the, so that episode, Cannibal episode, not bad. Pretty true to the game. Pretty well done. They had. Fucking Troy Baker playing his sidekick. I think he did a great job. That was Troy Baker playing his sidekick the whole time. The guy that went and got the medicine and all that. Yeah, and then in the finale, they had Ashley Johnson. They had Ashley playing Ellie's mother. That was pretty good. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, A good way to do that. Um, Which I'll say that that's the kind of things that this show did that they should have done more of was adding some context for people that's already played the game. We never, we just heard about her mom once, like in passing, like, yeah, and she hung out with the Firefly leader or something. Like, it makes sense that she was a Firefly. And, you know, they add the context of, like, how Ellie is immune. You really don't have to show that. This director It's also bullshit. They probably shouldn't have, because it's a fungus. Remember, they they emphasize that in in episode one, and funguses don't work that way. It's not like, oh. It kind of, it, yeah. it, like, they basically stole the, the premise from Blade, right? Yeah, that's what, I literally said that to my wife. It's like Blade. <laughs> when I was sitting there next to her. A day walker. <laughs> like, see, yeah, I agree. This is the problem that this director has. It's just like with the Riley thing. He feels the need to show things that don't need to be shown. You don't well, have to show There's a lot of interesting everything. things you can do with the fact, because that's what sets this zombie thing apart from other zombie shit, right? Like, it's a fungus. Instead of a virus or bacteria, whatever. And they could have like wrote the story, you know, some, maybe even some of the side episodes and shit with like showing you the crazy shit that's different. Like they do a little bit, right? Like all the zombies are plastered to the wall with their own fungus, but you never really get any of those. Like, wow, this whole area is fungus, <laughs> like sealing well, the floor. So the whole like idea. In the game. I remember there being caves yeah. and shit and just. Yeah. yeah, I agree. They just ignore it though. They use it to set up you know, how the, how everyone got infected. And then it's kind of just like zombies and monsters. Generic. I mean, the show does a really They cool don't even concept, mention spores. Though. Weren't spores a thing where you had to yeah, put your spores gas Spores aren't a on. thing in this, apparently. Apparently these fungus do not release spores, even though every fungus does, which would infect you. <laughs> it's like the most common way. I mean, that's how cordyceps work. They have the ant crawl above the colony and burst into spores. They didn't do that. Why? I think because of Hollywood bullshit. They didn't want to put masks on them. Well, I don't even know if, like, in the game, if they bit you, that was canon, right? It must have been, right? Because Ellie got bit. That's not how you get. Well, true. Yeah, somehow. But but I think it's because when they bite you, they are constantly extruding spores, right? So like the spores are coming out of their mouth. It's kind of like walking up to a mushroom and flicking it. Anyway, probably better we don't know. But yeah, it's good. It's better that we don't know. Like, oh, she got bitten. Okay. It kind of solidifies the idea of a bite infecting you, as well as the spores. I'm okay that they kept the spores out. I know why they did it. I think they should have stuck with it to some degree. I do like something that the show added, which was the idea that the fungus grows underground, because that does happen with fungus. We know that 
fungus will grow into giant colonies under under the ground, massive city-sized colonies. And I like the idea. They show it in like the second episode where one of them dies and you can see the fungus tendrils around its hand and then you cuts to the ones that are out in the street laying down and that's how you get entire hordes of them moving places. I think that's brilliant. That's a great idea. The games should have adopted that. That's That kind of adds a little bit of <clears throat> tension to moving around places where there's uh, zombies or whatever. Um, I think they should have never went with the bite, but I guess they had to have a visual representation that Ellie was infected in the game. That's probably why they went with the bite in the game. Because otherwise, they usually just beat the shit out of Joel in the death scenes and just bite your fucking neck off. <laughs> but they make some mistakes in this show because, like we said, the director just can't help himself but show everything possible. Like, oh my god, I have to show something. Like, oh my god, man. The... Honestly, like the whole Ellie's mom getting bit, you didn't have to show her giving birth, you know, I mean, you could, you could have done that scene so many different ways to show this is Ellie's mom and this is Ellie as a baby without trying to show this is how she bitten. Just, you're just trying to create a human connection to the girl. Realistically, that scene should not be about setting up how Ellie is immune. That scene should be about setting up how Marlene knows Ellie since she was an infant and that's why she's the villain that she is being willing to save the whole world for this girl that she knows and promised to keep to take care of like she promised her mom you know show us her mom show us what her mom's going through you know if you want to kill her mom off fine but the whole like she got bit the moment before she cut the cord what is that going to do no, you don't. That's stupid. You don't need that. You you could just explain it away later on in the hospital scene. The hospital scene explains it. She has an enzyme in her to where the cordyceps thinks she's already infected, so it doesn't in, it doesn't take control of her. Which is weird because they still try to infect her throughout the whole show. Right. <laughs> so, realistically speaking, the enzymes should call the. I mean, they kind of ignored tests except for that one. Right. So yeah. why didn't they behave the same way if they, if they thought what they should Ellie have done in the game and the show, in my opinion. And again, this shows an, an opportunity to course correct as well as the remake that's coming out that they're apparently not changing anything about. I've seen someone claims to be the cutscenes. I haven't verified if that's the actual remake or if somebody put up the remastered version. I, I didn't do a side by side comparison to tell, so I can't tell you, but it doesn't look like they're changing anything in the remake uh in the way that the um dead space remake changed some stuff i think this was a great opportunity to like have the doctor explain through marlene to joel that she has some kind of enzyme in her body she was born with you don't have to have some stupid oh she's blade just just it's 20 years later humanity's adapting that's called evolution. Um, not It's like the human condition, right? Like, not only does the fungus evolve to us, we can evolve against it. And Ellie is that first step. Probably not the first step. There might have been dozens of Ellies we must that believe. have died, right? That have died and not made it here. And this is the one we figured out exists and is making it. And 
you know, didn't get off by Fedra. Like th- that, that would make an actual poetic moment to that kid in the early episode, the first episode that's walking to the city and then they test the kid and it shows up infected and then they kill the kid. But if that kid was immune like Ellie, right? That's, that's the thought process that should be going for people. But I don't think many people were thinking about it that way because the show just does this stupid thing of like, yeah, the cordyceps still grow in her, eh, but whatever. I, I think honestly, it's hard. I get it. It's hard to get to Joel killing everybody to save her if she doesn't have the cordyceps all in the brain. But what they could do is say, yeah, it grows in her, and but it dies. They could say, well, she. She has it in her body. The cordyceps have grown all through her body. But once they reach the brain, the brain produced a hormone to prevent it from taking control. So is it, it like uh, 28 weeks later where she's not a zombie, but if she bites anyone, then they'll still become a zombie? Well, she says that to the pedo guy, right? Like, now you're in fact so probably. Yeah, but she was Maybe. lying or at least didn't know. Maybe. Well, she doesn't know. I mean, she tried to rub her blood on Sam in the show and that didn't work. So probably not. If anything, that might have infected him more. Who knows? What a stupid scene that they should have never did. That's another one of those stupid things they changed that they shouldn't change. Like in the in the game, she doesn't know he's infected till the next morning. She goes to wake him up. She doesn't sleep in the same room as Sam, and Sam certainly doesn't tell her that he's infected. Uh, but Sam's character brings up a good point in the game and the mo- in the show where it's like, are there still people inside? And yeah. That's probably how it is because the we know that the fungus keeps you from decaying. It keeps you alive, and it controls you. So yeah, you're probably aware of it the entire time. It's probably a fucking nightmare for people. Uh, <clears throat> but at the same time, you're probably hallucinating and shit. It's probably not one to one. You're probably not like oh fucking you know think all of your memories and thoughts and shit because otherwise you wouldn't be fucking fucking going after people crazily you'd probably be you'd probably be like uh bernthal right and fucking punisher no 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 <laughs> running around all the time no 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 run from me get away from me because ah! you can still talk i mean they can still make noises i think what they should have done was you know explain a way that she has an enzyme in her brain that once it got to her brain it died and they need to extract whatever they can from her brain to figure that out. They need to get as much of that hormone from her brain as possible. And it's not about extracting the cordyceps. Instead, it's about extracting her fucking brain. Make it even more diabolical and sinister, you know. I think, I will say that there are parts in this last episode that are just, they feel phoned in. Like, I think Pedro's a good actor, but he's just... Something about him's off in this episode. I don't think he can play badass very well. Yeah, in the Mandalorian, he's kind of a badass, but I think he, I think he gets away with that with the armor. Like he doesn't, it doesn't feel natural the way he's walking around this hospital killing people. You know, unlike like a John Wick movie or something where Keanu is very believable to be pulling that stuff off. This one, it just feels like he doesn't really handle guns that often. Well, he's just walking down the hallway shooting people and they keep missing. Yeah. Like, how many times is he like if someone gets the drop on him and just misses and he just whips around and shoots them like he should be dead. <laughs> you know, well, in the game, Joel's a fucking badass, man. He's sneaking around, cracking people's necks. 
like one of the things I liked about the cannibal episode is they kept the knee pop off kind of thing where, which is one of Joel's badass moments where he wakes up from recovering and she's gone and she needs to go find him. But guess, but guess what? He's, you know, he doesn't know exactly where she is, but he's got these two guys. So he ties them up in a chair and he's like, you point to where we, you point to where your, your little town is and it better be exactly what he points at. I'm going to kill, you know, he doesn't say he's going to kill you, but he insinuates it. The guy points it out and then he, you know, and he has this moment right before that where he stabs him in the knee and he's like, I'll pop your goddamn knee off. It's what a great Texan style line. Like you expect that from a Texas guy. And then he gets him to point it out and he goes to the, he stabs and kills the other guy. And the other guy sees him do that. He's like, what are you doing, man? He told you the truth. And then he walks over to these guys and he's like, I know, I believe him. And then he kills the other guy. What a badass fucking moment. Like it really shows the ruthlessness that he's capable of. Cause they talk about it on the show. What are they, ta- what you guys are capable of. And even Ellie's like, what are you guys capable of? And we never see what they're capable of. Until the very last two episodes. In the game, you see what he's capable of. Like, holy shit. This guy just destroys people. But, uh, I don't know. Even, like, the last scene there where they rip out the part from the show. I knew, I said this before, I don't think she was going to be able to deliver that as good as Ashley Johnson does, and I don't think she did. There's this weird shit that's happening where there's two parts I don't like the most about this episode, the final episode, I will say. The first one is where Joel tells Ellie that he cares about her, just blatantly outright. Yeah, he didn't, tech, technically he didn't say it. Yeah, but she obviously picked up on it. They sit down and he tells about the scar on his face, about how he tried to shoot himself and flinched. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He put a gun to his head and flinched and left a scar. Huh? That's yeah, not how that like, works. Pointed the gun like almost 90 degrees forward right before. Like what kind of flinch was that? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck I had are you talking about? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just so that he can say that it's not time that heals all wounds. And then look at her, implying that she healed it. And she knows because she responds in kind. I'm glad you didn't do it. Uh, okay, dude. Like The director has no fucking clue what makes this shit what it is. And I'll say it outright. The Last of Us Part 2 is good in this, like in certain aspects this is what people don't understand people will play the last of us part two and go this game is fucking terrible this game is terrible it is not terrible the structure is bad that's it stories can be made good with the correct structure you look at star wars as a great example we hear all the time about how star wars was a mess and then his wife edited it to be like something that worked the problem with The Last of Us Part Two is not the story. Oh, they killed Joel. Yes, so what? That's what you do when a character has grown completely in storytelling. There's no point for them. They're the mentor. Joel has to die for Ellie to become independent. That's true for everything. Highlander, got to kill off Sean Connery eventually. Uh, Star Wars, got to kill off Obi-Wan. Oh, wait, yeah, they did in Zora, actually. <laughs> 
Star Wars got to kill off Obi Wan at some point. You even got to kill Darth Vader once you learn that it's his father. You can't have him come home and be dad anymore. He has to die. The hero's journey requires the mentor to die, be that their father or some figure that acts as the mentor. It has to happen, okay? And that the second game is supposed to be Ellie's story. But at the same time, they pushed in this Abby person who has nothing to do with Ellie because they wanted to tell some story about how vengeance is bad and it's cyclical, which isn't a terrible story to tell. It's just you got to do it right. The, the failure on Neil's part is that he's not some amazing savant storyteller. He's an M. Night Shyamalan type. He gets it right a couple times. Just like most writers, Stephen King has a lot of trash. Okay, but he's got some good books. George R. R. Martin tells some good stories, but you're going to tell me every one of his books is great? J.R. Tolkien wrote one story. <laughs> That's all he wrote. One fucking story. That's all he had time for. I mean, am I supposed to be reading these fucking books that J.K. Rowling wrote that aren't Harry Potter? Why would I do that? So, you know, The, the Last of Us Part 1 very good structure. It's a story about a man who loses his daughter at the beginning of an apocalypse, and 20 years fucking later, he finds that, that part of him that died with her in someone else that's not even blood-related. It's a great story, and it concludes with him destroying, killing the whole world for her, choosing her over the world, as any parent would do, and you gotta have empathy with it, like that's how parents are, okay? And so, or that's how you're supposed to be, at least. And so the second game should have been about Ellie, yes, but it's okay that it's about Abby as well because there's a little bit of a dynamic. The problem is the structure. They should have never revealed to you that Abby was the one that kills Joel until later in the game after you've played as Abby, after you've learned who Abby is and connect with her. And the reason why Ellie's a part of this story is because Joel is a part of it. So you have to have Ellie as a part of it. And it's a great story but when it comes to Ellie and why this show made a massive mistake. See, at no point in the first game or in the second game does Joel tell Ellie directly that he cares about her. At no point. He doesn't insinuate it or anything like that. Like, when, when they're together... And she runs away with, and Tommy's there, and he's trying to get Tommy to take her. He doesn't say, nah, I like you, come with me. Even after he kills all the fireflies, he's not like, you're, you're my daughter now. I love you. He, he's just like, I think you and my daughter would get along really well. Like, it's stuff like that. He's not just directly saying, like, you really healed my wounds. <laughs> like they did in the show. They, they, that's not something he does. That moment saying, happens in the second game. It. Because they can't show it because they, well, they wasted two episodes. Well, the fucked up part is that's, that's something that happens in the second game. That's the whole big reveal moment. That's the moment that does work in The Last of Us Part 2. You know, all the Abby shit is a problem because the structure's bad there. But all the Ellie stuff and Joel stuff is perfect because you see these flashbacks of them doing stuff together after they came back to Tommy's when she was still young. Him, he takes her to this place he found that's a fucking like science museum and shit 
and she gets to, you know, he's done all these things to set up this whole thing to give her a great time, like a father would do, like a good father would do. And you see these moments, and she's remembering them. She's having these dreams about them as she's tracking down these people that killed him to, to execute them. And then right when she's choking out Abby at the very end of the game in the water, and she's about to kill Abby before she decides not to, every time she's thought of Joel's face up to that point, it's been his battered, brutal face that she beat in. But at this moment, she remembers the last memory she has of him before that, which is, you know, she has her lesbian kiss on the dance floor with the, the mulatto girl and, or the Arab, I don't know what she's Arabic, whatever. It doesn't matter. And the guy comes up and calls them dykes. And then Joel punches the guy or something and defends her. And then she spouts off at Joel that she doesn't need his protection and all that. And then he leaves because it's embarrassing. You know, she basically embarrasses him in front of everybody because they've been fighting for the last four years over the fact that Joel finally came forward and told him that he killed everybody and lied to her about the fireflies. Okay. So she hasn't been talking to him for four years or something. And that moment happens. So she goes to his fucking house that night and he's drinking a cup of coffee on his fucking deck or whatever. And they start talking because he did try to defend her and shit. And they're kind of getting over the past. And he, he has this moment where she's like, you don't have the right to decide my life. And he just steps back and goes, if God somehow gave me the opportunity to go back to that moment and do it all again, I'd do it exactly the way I did it. And he's holding back, you know, choking up whatever that shit. And that's the first time he's ever told her that he cares about her indirectly, directly, doesn't matter. It's very obvious. That's the point of what he's saying. And then the next day, Abby kills him. And that's the whole story for her going on this path of just destroying this person, like trying to kill this woman and ending up killing a bunch of people. The only reason why Ellie holds back is because in the process, she killed a pregnant woman and all that stuff. And it's, you know, affecting her. They completely blew that in the TV show. They can't do a season two anymore or the whole fucking point is lost. I mean, they can fix Abby's story in season two, but they just fucked up Ellie's entire arc for the second, for the part two. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And, you know, I hope they do a season two and fix Abby's story because Abby's not a terrible story. You know, she's a punk kid who lost her dad and focused on that for years of her life, four years of her life. She spent focused on trying to get the guy that killed her dad and does all this terrible shit with this terrible group and then starts protecting this kid, similar to Joel to some way. And they, they could have fucking had the perfect story if they would have just not shown you that Abby was the one that killed Joel in the first two hours of the game. What a stupid decision. So, you know, maybe it was Neil's decision to have Joel open up to Ellie a little bit more in the final episode, but that was fucking, that's just a dumb decision. The second thing that I didn't like about it was their line deliveries when they're going back to Tommy's after he's killed all the fireflies. Like, she's talking about the thing that happened between, with her and Riley, which we already know. Why are you why are you doing this? <laughs> in in movies and television and video games specifically, whenever the audience already knows what happens, you don't have your main character tell somebody else what happened. We already know. You cut you cut away from it. You cut to something else. She's explaining what happened with her and Riley, and it's like, yeah, we know. Oh, well, she's explaining to him. 
Yeah, you know, that would have been a great thing to do if the whole revealing of that happening was a fucking DLC. Like, it works in the game because you don't see that till DLC. You don't see how it actually happened. So she's explaining what happened. Like what? And the way that this girl reads these lines is like she's reading it straight off the piece of paper. Like she just went line and somebody came over and gave her the lines and then she's saying there's no emotion in her voice about it. And she confirms, by the way, I know a lot of people have said that like, well, it's not stupid. The DLC's not stupid because Ellie doesn't change her personality because she doesn't kill Riley. The fireflies do. The fireflies show up. Because you can't have the Fedra show up. They would have killed Ellie. But the Fireflies show up and find that she they're both infected. And the Fireflies kill Riley. And they see that Ellie's been bitten. But for some reason, she hasn't turned. So they know something's going on. Like, yeah. But then at the last episode in the show, she totally says she killed Riley. <laughs> like, what? what do you mean? Why is she so in it? I killed my best friend and someone I was falling in love with, but I'm just an innocent bubbly child this whole time, still doing puns, walking down the street, hippity doo dah. Oh my god, how how crazy is it that you can have so many good moments in a show and fuck it all up with dumb, tiny dumb mistakes? That's a good example of how people can just fuck shit up with tiny dumb mistakes. That should have been on the editing room floor a little bit more. Should maybe they should have had. Some more test audiences that were a little bit broader and not just a bunch of fucking lesbians and homos sitting around going, I like this. <laughs> it makes me feel Thanks, represented. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one made no um, sense. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it's a great show for normies, I'll tell you that. People that don't understand the nuances of writing. Great, great yeah. show. Glad I didn't watch it. And now you it's don't really need not, to. You're welcome. It's really not worth watching if you've played the games. If you've played the games, it's not worth watching because the... Once again, we the, were right about everything. Yeah. I did neither. Well, the actors are not as good. You should definitely play the first game. The remake's coming out this month. I mean, I had the first one, but I lost interest in it. Like well, the remake's, the remake's coming out this, uh, this month. I think it's the 28th or something like that. The March... 28th. Yeah. It's gonna be good. After Resident Evil. I got that shit on PS4 because it got hyped up so fucking much. Well, it's gonna be on PC as well. I think it was on PS3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it on PS3 because it was hyped up so much. And then, like, I started playing it and I'm like, this is kind of boring. Yeah. I put it down and never came back. Well, it's one of those games that's got that old system that's a bit of an issue where the beginning of the game is very slow. Uh, yeah. And the way they capture your interest, uh, is I, I by... remember just like like when's any when is something going to happen? Well, that's so I've gone back and tried to play the old Uncharted games, and they're just it's really hard to do. And that's because in video game development, there's a couple ways that you can start a game, but one of the least popular ways to start a game is with front load of story and no gameplay. I think Octopath Traveler is a great example of this. A lot of people became disinterested in that game because the beginning of that game for what feels like the first 30 minutes to an hour is just a lot of talking with characters you're not invested in and a story you don't give a fuck about. 
And this is kind of an old way of storytelling. If you go back to old Final Fantasy games, they start up that same way, right? A lot of cutscenes, a lot of talking, a lot of not a lot of playing. And even when you do play, it's short little spurts. I think a great example of a game that um, has come out more recently that kind of does that right and captures you are some of the Resident Evil remakes. I think like Resident Evil 2 remake is good at that. You know, really kind of throws you in the action right away. Like you get gameplay in the gas station. I, I think what I didn't like was sneaking around, but like not feeling like my sneaking was really doing anything for me. Well, it's know. really slow, but the like, problem... I, like, I love the old Metal Gear games and everything, but, like, for some reason, I just... Well, it's not like, the sneaking that gets you. It's the it's the monotony of it. You play the beginning of the game as a little girl walking around the house doing nothing. Yeah. And then more cutscenes happen. Cutscene, cutscene, cutscene. Now you're this guy carrying a girl through a city running from shit. Cutscene, cutscene, cutscene. And then finally, you, 20 years later, cutscene. And then you're walking through a city... And then it takes so long before you're finally confronting anybody, which is some zombies that you start sneaking around and, and killing. It's a slow burn build, which works if there's a lot of drama involved to get you invested. The, the, you have to capture the, the player in that regard with in, something that's enjoyable dramatically or storytelling-wise because the gameplay is not going to capture anybody in that moment. There's no real gameplay happening. So people that don't really care about stories aren't going to be invested in a game like that right away. And for a lot of people, the investment is the story for The Last of It. It's compelling because shit pops off. It's like watching War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, right? That shit starts popping off real fast versus other movies that try to, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, look, we're fucking spending 20 to 30 minutes with these teenagers that we know are going to die. And you're talking to me like I'm supposed to fucking give a fuck about them. Like, why do I care? Just get to the parts where they're surviving. You know, that's the enjoyment, is is that part. Uh, so, to that regard, if you're not really invested in stories and video games, I can completely understand not really being pulled into a game, especially a game that's older, you know. Maybe with this remake, there's an opportunity for a lot of people to get into it, but I will say this. This is what I will say. In The Last of Us Part Two is obviously a better example of a game that takes place in a more modern era where there's not so much story front-loaded on it. There's a lot of gameplay in the very beginnings of that game where you're already shooting, you're already sneaking, killing shit, shooting stuff, punching shit, doing all the stuff that's fun in that game. The Last of Us, what it really does well, especially so in the second game, is the gameplay once you get into it. The loop of finding a group of enemies and choosing to either go Rambo or to go stealth or a little bit of both. It kind of got a little bit of a badass simulatorness to it in the sense that one of the things that game does right is its engine is really good for like hand-to-hand -hand combat and shit. The fist punching shit feels good. You'll, you'll punch an enemy up against an object and he'll automatically like execute them with the side of the fucking countertop or something. There's a lot of like brutal shit that Joel does to enemies. Uh, that is in way some ways enjoyable from a gameplay perspective because you want to be that. It's very God of War-like. You know, God of War does a similar thing in the newer ones with kind of using the environment and that contextual fucking beating the shit out of stuff and 
all that kind of all that kind of jazz. <clears throat> I never played the newer Uncharted games, so I don't know how those go. But that's kind of a a standard for those games, I imagine. But the older ones are just hard to get into. So I could see how The Last of Us Part One is difficult to get into, even with the remaster. I think it's probably going to be the same with the remake. But what I would say to people is give it a shot. Wait till you at least start killing shit. You get out of the fucking quarantine zone. Once you get out of that quarantine zone, the game really picks up and starts playing more like kind of a Resident Evil game with some puzzles and some environmental puzzles and some, um, you know, shooting gameplay and that survival thing going on where you got to collect resources and craft some things that make shit a little easier grenades and stuff <clears throat> but that i mean they they really kind of botched it on the show i'll say that as good as it is in terms of normie shit normies are going to love it it's going to be heralded as a good show for normies They're probably going to make a season two and they'll probably fuck that up because they'll probably one-to-one it for the i don't know who the fuck is gonna they're really that's gonna be fun though I'm really going to have a good time watching people normies shit on that show once they go to part two. And finally, Neil Druckmann can stop going, it's just a bunch of misogynists that don't like playing as a girl. <laughs> yeah, well, watch as your same exact audience that loved this show, only a couple years later, shit all over your other show because you're force-feeding Abby down their throats after they killed their favorite character. And not just, by the way... Not just some fucking pixelated character on a screen that's not a real person that's voice acted by Troy Baker, but Pedro Pascal. Enjoy that. Enjoy Pedro Pascal beaten to a bloody pulp like it's Game of Thrones all over again. Yeah, and then you telling be, people to care about the character. Get your eyes gouged thing. out with a golf club. <laughs> I can't wait for those. I can't wait for them to call the normies fucking racists and misogynists. As soon as they watch Pedro Pascal, who's in everything and beloved by everybody, get his face beat in. And then the director's like, like Abby, like her. Dude, Dan's gaming is like the gayest guy on Twitch, okay? And that's not an insult. He's super gay. Like, literally, he's a homosexual. And he's open about that. And he Ouch. hated Abby. Now, is that because gay people are very misogynistic and only like men? Maybe. But who am I to judge? I'm not a bigot, you know? If he want, if he thinks that women are appalling and likes only men, who am I to say he's not allowed to be misogynistic? That's pretty fucking homophobic to say that he has to like women. I guess we can dedicate the next 30 minutes to uh, talking about banks and NFTs and video games. Those are kind of related, right? Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's just gamers ruining shit for everyone else once again. Nothing yeah, new that's here. that's what's written there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, people are going to be like, <laughs> like people in the future, they script their podcasts. <laughs> it's a note, okay? Hey, that's also what it says there. <laughs> it says to say all that stuff right there. Uh, it's very, it's very precisely scripted. All of us are. Do you remember when? Uh, do you remember back in the day when Bethesda added horse armor to Oblivion? Yeah, the beginning of the end. <clears throat> Some would say that. 
And our generation of gamers, I don't see that. What were we in our twenties when that happened? We were in our twenties when that happened. Maybe you were. I was eleven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude. (laughs) Okay, dude. I was like sixteen. Yeah, something like that. Seventeen. Definitely in high school. I remember. So the reason why that was a big deal back then is because it was very high priced, and Bethesda got a lot of shit for that. By the way. I got a lot of and shit for that. Also, I don't think it provided any actual <clears> armor. <throat> it was just the way it looked. Yeah. Which who gives it a was shit? A, it it's was oblivion. a cosmetic. It was a cosmetic. Now, at the time, people really were kind of backlashy against it. People hated the idea, even though it was cosmetic. They're really ahead of their time. People will cite this as the beginning of that stuff. Later on, game developers would go to all start doing that. By the way, and not just with cosmetics, but with actual rewards. I remember a time when you could pre-order call of duty and based off where you pre-ordered it you'd get access to guns that other people couldn't get access to those were the dark ages of video gaming when you could actually pay to win that's where the term came from pay to win the idea was pretty simple uh here's a store item you buy it and that's the only way you can get it you don't earn it through the game there's no season pass that's how you get it this was a uh time where our generation at least really heavily pushed back on this and what did we get out of it the best system to have ever existed in video games okay it's a system that has existed for a long time before video games and everybody's always been fantastically happy with it i know i used to do it i used to buy magic the gathering cards booster packs things like that It'd be really fun. You go and buy a card pack and open it up, and you were guaranteed to get one good item. You weren't guaranteed to get what you wanted, but you hoped you would get what you wanted. You'd open that pack, and there'd be like 10 to 12 cards in there, and you'd get some duplicates that you already have, and you'd have to just toss those to the side in your little duplicate package, little box of duplicates that's fucking useless. Might as well throw it away, but whatever. Why not keep it? You paid money for for it. Yeah. And then sometimes you'd get, oh my God, you'd get a fucking, you'd get a great card that was going to make your deck even stronger. You know, Edition one Charizard. Whatever. Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, whatever. Nobody has a problem with these. And then video games started putting them in there. This was the, this was the solution. Instead of buying stuff in a store, you buy a card pack. And what do you get in that card pack? Stuff for the game. Now. For some reason, a bunch of fucking mouth breathers started crying about this. Uh, they did the math and decided, well, I can't unlock everything in my lifetime based off some mathematical bullshit. So therefore, they should change it and get rid of loot boxes entirely. What? You're for loot boxes? Yes, I'm for loot boxes. The same way you fucking morons are for card packs. Which, by the way, card packs don't give you cosmetics. Card packs give you literal fucking advantages and disadvantages, etc. Like, if you go to a fucking Magic the Gathering tournament in your local area, and you lose to a guy that's got a card that you don't have because you've been opening packs and opening packs and you can't find it, but you're not willing to pay $200 on a fucking, you know, some fucking website like eBay or something to get it? Is that not an advantage? Did he not pay to win? Why don't you have a problem with that? But you have a problem with cosmetic loot boxes that don't affect the game. We went from 
loot boxes that weren't cosmetic and shun the people that put guns and stuff in their loot boxes to cosmetics only and people complained and cried about it to the point where they actually successfully forced the gaming industry to stop doing loot boxes. How'd they do that? Well, all the fucking Nancys that live in Europe got their governments to ban them, called them gambling. So game developers naturally moved away from that. Why? Because they want to sell in the European market. So fuck you, Americans and Asians. The Europeans have decided to tuck their dicks between their legs and dance around. So now we're stuck with what? Season passes? So season pass used to mean you buy the game and a season pass and you get all the DLC that's going to come out with the game. That's what, a CL, DL, that's what a season pass used to mean. Now a season pass is a fucking tracker that you level up on an experience bar because everything's got to have RPG elements these days. Am I right? Got to play fucking RPGs in your Call of Duty. No, no, and, no, there's season pass and then there's a battle pass. Well, that's, that's Some what it's games become now. Have now both. it's a battle pass. Now it's a battle pass because we want to move away from the season pass lingo. So it's battle pass. <laughs> and that just comes from people wanting to do their own thing. No, we don't have a season pass. We have a battle pass. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, but ours is for a game where you battle. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. So now you have games like World of Warcraft that have implemented the season pass as a rep. It's just. Oh, it's not reputation anymore. It's the it's a season. It's a, it's a renowned rank, but it's just a battle pass tracker. Same thing, except you don't pay money for it. There's no money being paid for it because you already play that pay money to play that game. Then you have game developers like Call of Duty out here that's like, here's our battle pass, but it's it's not a tracker. It's like this fucking field, and you can choose what direction you want to go. You know, we're trying to be creative with it, but it's still the same fucking bullshit. And here's the free things that you get. And here's the things you only get if you pay us $20. $20? Yeah, you know, the price of like a DLC. Oh. Now, I don't have a problem with that necessarily. Because they're not releasing DLC that costs money. You're getting free patch content. That's kind of how it should be, right? Patch comes out, you get free content. The guns aren't locked in the season pass or the battle pass. You can eventually unlock them. Or you can have somebody drop them for you in a match and pick them up. So maybe you kill somebody that's got the gun, you pick it up, you've unlocked it. It's a great system. Can't wait for gamers to start crying about this because guess what they started crying about? You're putting that podcast note, you asshole. Well, I knew that's where you were looking. <clears throat> Just say I put it in the hammer. That's a new run reds. Yeah. So now it's NFTs. Well, so, so NFTs, non-fungible tokens. I have... Uh, sneaking suspicion that most people don't know what the fuck these are. So let me explain to you what a non-fungible token is in a very short time. Imagine, if you will, you had a painting, and that painting was the original. The Mona Lisa. I like to use this one as an example because everybody knows the Mona Lisa. It was painted by a very famous painter and Renaissance man, okay? And that's why it's valuable, because of who painted it. Not what's on it. Who gives a fuck? It's some mildly attractive woman or ugly woman, depending on your taste. But it's just a painting of a woman. But it's who painted it is important. Now, when you think about importance, when I say someone painted this and that person's important, if I said to you, look at this, this is a what? You would go, okay, how much is it? Well, it's a million dollars. <laughs> I'm not paying a million dollars for a fucking watch. Okay, but this was Elvis's watch. 
Now, you might still go, I'm not paying a million dollars for Elvis's watch, but there's people out there who would go, I'll pay you a million dollars for Elvis's watch. Fuck yeah, that's got, that's got, that means something to me as a person. Like, I like Elvis. I want to own something that belonged to Elvis. I will pay a lot of money for his stuff. I mean, holy fuck, man. People watch the shit. What do you think Pawn Stars is? The, the success of a show like Pawn Stars. Or, or when people take, like, these antique road shows. Right? The best I can do is 25 cents. So if I came to you and said, yeah, but here's the thing, dude. <laughs> That might be the original Mona Lisa that was actually painted, and the paint on the canvas comes from that moment from the guy that painted it. But I got a Mona Lisa too hanging up in my house. It's a reprint. So why don't you pay me a million dollars? Well, you're a fucking moron. Because there's no value to that other than the twenty dollars you paid for it through the process. You know why it costs you twenty dollars to get a reprint of Mona Lisa? Because there's some kind of labor cost involved. And somebody printing that fucking thing out to look like the exact thing, but not be the exact thing. Isn't that crazy? That's what an NFT is. And that's why you look fucking retarded when you say, I can just screenshot it, bro. Do you not understand? Yeah, but it's on the internet. Yeah, it's called digital certifications. That shit exists. You understand that, right? We live in a digital world. You look like a fucking boomer mouth breather when you're sitting over here saying, you can't. You can't make an original copy of something be specifically original and and everybody know it's the original. Uh, yes, you can. This is not your granddad's internet. Okay, Zoomer? So NFTs are just like that. The value of the NFT is in what someone's willing to pay for it. Your ability to duplicate it is irrelevant. Now, game developers thought, NFTs, these are popular. Let's kind of incorporate this in video game. You know, we can't do Bitcoin. We can't do cryptocurrency yet. We'll probably start seeing that down the line. You can start subscribing to World of Warcraft with certain types of cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and those, those might ha that might happen at some point soon. I, I would predict that. But NFTs in video games makes perfectly good sense. And this comes up because the doc, the doc recently, Dr. Disrespect recently, People have started talking about his game. And by that, I mean people that talk like this. So Dr. Disrespect has recently put out a game, the information that is game, whatever. So people that talk like that have been, of course, running, talking about it. And everybody's reacting to it out there. Oh, my God, the Doc's game is going to have NFTs in it. So the Doc comes out and talks about it. And let me tell you this nightmare scenario. Oh, my God. Can you believe that you're going to be able to play a game that's like Tarkov? And there'll be an item in the game that you can optionally extract. And it might have value to other players. Imagine, if you will, there was a video game where you played the video game. And as you played the video game, loot boxes dropped for you. Right? You just randomly received loot boxes. But the only way to open those loot boxes was to purchase a key from the store that that game has. I know. Crazy fucking nightmare scenario, right? What the fuck? The only way I can open this box that dropped for me is to buy a key with real money. Sounds well, let's familiar. say let's say the key is only like ninety nine cents or something, and you buy it, you open up, and it, you randomly get an item. It's a loot box. You randomly get an item. Let's say one of the items you get is like a cool fucking knife or something, and somebody's willing to pay you like a hundred dollars on the market for that. So you sell that for a hundred dollars. <laughs> There's a skin that just went for one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I saw it on Facebook. What, oh, what game was that? Um, Animal Crossing. 
uh, well, the game I'm talking about is Counter Strike. Yeah, that's the one. Go, CS Go. You know, one of the most popular shooters today that has zero fucking pushback for that system. It's existed since, and it still exists today. That's an NFT. That knife is an NFT. Okay, it's non fungible. What's that mean? That means you can't take it to a bank and say, I have this token, but somebody might be willing to pay money for it. And guess what? Somebody is $160,000 skin. What the fuck you might be saying? That's crazy. Yeah. To you, it is to the person who bought it. It's not crazy. And the person who made money off of it, that's a fucking amazing. Now, game developers have been talking about doing this for a while now. And the doc is moving forward with it and get, let me get, let me set it straight. This is going to happen in some games. Before it doesn't happen, it's going to happen, right? Before it goes away and stops being a thing, you're going to have games having NFTs in them. A game like The Docs, where you can play a Tarkov-style game and optionally extract an item that somebody might want to kill you over in the game, and you might be able to sell that for a couple hundred bucks. Now, he does, he says $100,000 in his example. Maybe, maybe, but most of the items are going to be worth several dollars. Now, here's the kicker. Imagine, if you will, you play a video game all the fucking time, and that's the only game you play, and there's going to be a way for you to actually make money off of it. You could actually have a job playing a video game, but you people are so fucking stupid, you want to cry about NFTs and video games because somebody somewhere told you NFTs equal bad. What is bad about NFTs? Explain to me that. Anybody. There's no negative to NFTs. You have to be a fucking moron. But of course, developers have talked about it. So oh, I don't want that in our game. So guess what? People make like the dollar argument. Well, money, time. Like I saw Asmongold do this. Well, it puts a dollar value on the game now because now when you play the game and there's money to be made in it, every bit of your time. Oh, what's that? Time is money. Wow. Thanks for the argument. It almost sounds like a job. It's like something Joe Biden's dad used to say. Time is money. Yeah, no shit. Everybody said that since the dawn of fucking time. Hey, here's a reality check for you Twitch streamers. For everybody that's not a Twitch streamer, time is money. Okay? Period. Any time that you could be making money and you're not, time is money. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you say it puts a dollar value on the game. No, it doesn't. People said this that's shit. How, that's was, how we gauge if it's worth our time. Yeah, exactly. And we've been People saying that said on the podcast shit. for years. Like, it's a $60 game, but I put 100 hours into it, so worth. A dollar an hour. <laughs> if it was a dollar an hour, worth. You know, how, much, how much is your time worth? If, are you willing to pay $1 for an hour of entertainment? 50 cents. If you ever go to the movies, you're willing to pay $20 for two hours of entertainment. That's $10 an hour. So imagine paying $10 an hour for a hundred hour video game. People did these kind of complaints with Deus Ex Mankind Divided. The second game that came out, people were crying because they were going to put a thing in the store where you could buy uh, nodes or whatever it was to spend talents, you know, to, to get your talent tree and people, oh my God, this means it's going to be a monetary value. This means they might put something in the game that makes it to where it's much slower and incentivizes you to actually spend money. Okay. I get where you're coming from. I get your fear of that, but that's not going to happen because game developers want to sell games more than they want to sell Praxis 
fucking points, okay? A $60 game has more value than that same person spending $5 for a Praxis pack in a game they're not going to play for the rest of their fucking days. All right? We see this happening already. There's no, there is incentive for you to pay $20 to unlock the Battle Pass in Call of Duty. But at the same time, that's funding them to release content patches. Okay? That's the way the world works. If you like a game, you have to be willing to accept that the game developers require a way to continue to make money to make that game live. Otherwise, we go back, we regress to what video games used to be, okay? And you might think it was great, but it's not. You think you do, but you don't, okay? We go back to no patches in video games. We go back to no new content. Oh. We'd be at Destiny 6 by now, okay? Destiny 6, it's the same fucking game, but with new content, and you had to pay $60 and start from scratch again every fucking time. There's no carrying over your character data. None of that shit. Oh, you somehow lost your powers to the great threat that came in Destiny 4, and guess what happened in Destiny 5? That's why people were drawn to MMOs, because it was constant progression of the same character through content expansions. That's why World of Warcraft dominated the market for 20 fucking years. Yeah, but here we are making new characters. <laughs> here we are in the game world where game developers have been trying to figure out how to get that same success with games that aren't MMOs. And that's why we have the Battle Pass system. And that's why they call Destiny an MMO when it's not. Clearly fucking not. No different than Call of Duty. Everybody complains we get a new Call of Duty every year. Yeah, because you people keep buying it. Because you people keep complaining about things like NFTs and video games and loot boxes. So they'll come out with loot boxes and people are like, this sucks, don't do this anymore. We're going to abandon our country. So they got to go, well, we got to get rid of that. We can't just take the loot boxes out of the existing game and put some new system in. Our fucking infrastructure is not set up for that in the game. So we got to write a whole new fucking game. This one's got a battle pass in it. That's great, right, guys? I don't like the battle pass. Okay, well, let's make a brand new Call of Duty. This one's got NFTs in it, man. That's how we'll make money is you have to, you know, take these items and sell it to other players and you can make money, guys. That's your incentive. It's a good positive incentive you the player can make money off of people that have money willing to pay you money and we'll take a small cut of that like the you know like any other fucking middleman does nah we don't like nfts because somebody on youtube or twitch said nfts are bad without explaining it to my fucking infant brain so i'll just assume they're correct okay guess what's coming next ads ads and video games we talked about how ads are so fucking strong ad reads are like the best thing for youtubers even more so than their subscription numbers because there's no middleman. And guess what? You're going to get ads. You get them in movies already. You know? Fucking smartphones. Look at Samsung smartphone. Look, guys, the it's laptops they're using are Vios. Yeah. That's what you're going to get Any in video fucking games. Sony movie. What's that sitting next to a Zavala? Just an out-of-place Coca-Cola can. It's like the Truman Show, you know? She pulls out the fucking thing. He's like, it slices it, dices. Who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> right? Like, that's what it's going to be. And some games are going to go real far out there, okay? You're going to get loading screens with ads. You're going to get ads when you boot the game up. They're already getting ads for their own product. You boot up Call of Duty every time. Here's an ad for what's happening. Every game does that. Here's an ad for what's happening in our games. 
Wait until it's an because here's the thing, right? You might be thinking, nah, that's never gonna happen. Okay, you buy the game for sixty dollars, and you know how much money is in advertising? God damn, I think we talked about this just randomly. You didn't talk about this on a, a podcast, but we talked about this randomly on one of the past streams. Like, there are billions of dollars in advertising. Billions. Coca-Cola alone made $40 billion last year off advertising. You, you think they can't afford to spend several million a month? And we talked about the numbers on that that adds up. Like, it, it's like 83 years or some shit if you fucking spend a million dollars a month on ads or $10 million or something like that to, to even get to 10 billion or some shit like the, the marketing company, these marketing companies, they spend so much money on ads and people make so much money off of ad reads that a company like Microsoft, who is not making money on their current subscription system for you, letting you play brand new games that come out on their game pass, they're not making money on that. So now that they can't do NFTs because people cried about it, they're going to do ads. That's what you're going to get because you're going to be like, well, I'm a valuable customer. No, you're not. Well, I'm going to unsubscribe my $10 a month. Okay, see you. Bye. Because there's, no, you're not. There's, a, there's enough people that are willing to keep that subscription cost and deal with the ads to play those games. Then there are people like you that are going to take their principles and walk because you don't like ads shoved in your face because the amount of fucking money that they're going to gain from ads, the millions of dollars per month they're going to gain from ads on their game is a lot more than the paltry fucking money you bring every month, my dude. This is why, and this is, I can't stress this enough. If you don't think I'm telling the truth, look at games like Warframe who survive off whales. Handfuls of people spending thousands of dollars on these games. Any like Japanese fucking gotcha hundreds game. of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in gotcha games coming from small groups of people that sustain these games. Absolutely. And that's what your future looks like. If you don't shake the fuck up and understand when, to, when you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. All right. Because NFTs and games is great. It's a great alternative to ads. Because you can make money playing video games, and it's yeah. optional. I mean, what's the down? What like what's the downfall from that? It's just skin. It's capitalism. Yeah, that's beautiful. No, I don't like capitalism. <laughs> I want to play video games, but also have communism, where I starve to death and there's no more capitalism. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, it works. Dude, I, I'll close on this, okay? You may think the communist revolution is going to be great because everybody's going to be getting UBI and that's going to mean that everybody's going to be sitting here, you know, making video games and making art. You know, people that have art deep within them and just don't have the opportunity because they're working hard every day are going to be able to make art so the art's going to be more and more prolific and it's going to be made not with capitalist incentives in mind but with the incentive of making great things listen i understand your argument but that only works when everything is automated you can't do that until everything's automated because in reality communism as we've seen time and time again when there's people involved in farming the food growing the food delivering the food cooking the food etc all the all the things that you have to do just with food that's not even considering electricity and all the other things that you take for granted. 
when you have people doing that stuff, it doesn't work out. You know, it's like the old concept of if you have a farm and your neighbor has a farm and the government comes to collect every day, every, every month, at the end of every month, and your neighbor produces less than you do, but your neighbor gets the same amount of tax re relief that you do, so you're both getting the same amount of money from the government, at what point does your neighbor stop working? You know, we learned this in school with the squirrel. You know, spent all summer long laying back, chilling, relaxing, doing nothing, while the other squirrel gathered nuts the whole time, right? Then when the winter comes, what happens? One squirrel's got nuts, the other one doesn't. So the only way that this squirrel can survive is in this hypothetical scenario that you don't learn in school that I'm adding to, is he has to get the government involved to come steal your fucking nuts so he can have some of his nuts, some of your nuts. And now you only have, this guy's only got half the nuts for winter, and this guy's got half the nuts for winter, and they both starve to death because this guy only got enough nuts for one winter. So in that scenario and back with the farmer like the hypothetical with the farmer is what do you do you just why would you gather nuts if somebody's just going to come to you and take them away anyways especially if the government's giving it to you you know in that hypothetical as the two farmers that assumes that there's other farmers you know you're not the only two on the planet so if your neighbor farmer's not doing his any work and it, the government still coming at the end of the month and giving some of your wheat to him, some of your crop yield to him in form of collectivism. Well, why do you keep working so hard and producing so much? Why don't you just start being as lazy as your neighbor is? And guess what? Now, where's the fucking food coming from? All the other farmers. Well, they start doing the same thing. That's what happens in communism. People stop working. So now you have to, at the point of a gun, force these people to start working. This is how you get high murder tolls, high, like, they're not genocides, but millions and millions of people dead because you you have to, just look at Cambodia. There's a thing on Netflix, perfect, perfect example. Go watch the documentary on Netflix about Cambodia. They dealt with communism. They had people, revolutionaries, come out of the jungle and install cap, uh, communism in their country. And what did they do? They went around to all the people who were farmers who owned land and they killed them because owning land retroactively was considered a sin. So they killed those people. And then they took the people who weren't farmers and forced them to farm the land for the people, for the collective. And because the city requires so much food to sustain itself, there wasn't enough food going around for everybody. So who starves first? Ironically, you would think they'd let the city starve, but nope, that's where all the voters are at. That's where all the money's at. So those people starve last. The people that starve first are the farmers. And that's the irony of it. Because once the farmers, then, then who's going to farm the fields? Then you got to start taking people out of the city. And before you know it, you got enough people starving that you get a revolution on your hands. And that's what you see in every fucking outcome of communism. Revolt against the... It's all over the news, man. Every fucking country. Oh, look. There's, there's starving happening there. What's going on? Oh, look, and there's the dictator running away as they storm the fucking Capitol building. <laughs> they sleep in his bed, and we all, we all see the footage of the starving country of communism and dictatorship, and they go into the fucking the mansion that the leader was staying in, and oh, look at this shit. They're laying in this giant California king, and <laughs> every time, every time. Meanwhile, the banks are crashing, and the government's Definitely not going to bail them out. And you should be worried about your money. Speaking of capitalism, 
Oh my God, the banks, guys. I just, I'm not going to talk about this. I just want to say this here for the record. This is all part of the plan. I just want to have that on record so that we can once again show that we're right here on this podcast and why you should be listening to us all the and time. And you thought Rivelon was flat. Exactly. The banks are crashing, guys. Now, you get a lot of people on the right that are like pro-crypto people like, see, I told you, this is great. No, you're missing the point, my dude. <laughs> you get people, you get Republican people that are like, look, Joe Biden's so stupid. He can't even, he can't even do this stuff. He's, cre he, he's, he's handling this crisis wrong. No, 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 no. They're orchestrating this. Just like they did in 2008. It's. You know, they'll make their movies about how it was just one greedy bank that started it all and all these practices they were doing. Dude, okay, this is the kind of brain you have to have to believe this to be true. I've seen Margin Call. I've seen these fucking movies. They're great movies, but they're complete bullshit, okay? They go off of one stipulation, and that is the line that is said by uh, Jeremy What's-His-Nuts in the movie, right? He goes, "I, you know why I get paid the big bucks? I'm not the smart guy in the room. I'm the guy that I listen to musical chairs and I got to figure out when the music's going to stop. Right now, I don't hear anything. Yeah, that's Hollywood bullshit. Most people that run companies are college educated. You know, for all the college education shit the Democrats talk about, they like to shit on CEOs who are college educated. All right, they're all like fucking grads from business school and all this shit. They, they have like fucking all sorts of paperwork that shows that they're, they know what they're doing when it comes to business. And here's what I'll tell you. All these people know how to do math. All of them. This is not an issue of, oh, they're greedy and they, they didn't pay attention or they got it wrong. They got the math wrong or they're greedy and just were doing greedy practices. No, they knew this was what was going to happen. They knew that. It's not some intern that comes along. He's like, I solved your problem to see why you're not making as much money, sir. That doesn't, that's movie bullshit. Was that movie Jack and Jill with fucking, with, with uh, Jim Carrey? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I figured out why you're not making money. And then the whole thing collapses. Yeah. Okay, dude. They know it's happening. It's part of the plan. Bankers lobby. Everybody, you know, this, you know what this country suffers from? Like fucking amnesia, like collective amnesia. Everybody will sit here and be like, yeah, the lobbying situation is a serious problem. They've been saying that for decades. Lobbying is bad. We've got to get money out of government. And then something happens like banks start collapsing and they're like, oh my God, ignore the fact that bankers lobby all the time. <laughs> oh my God, there's been a shooting. Oh my God, there's a war in Ukraine and we need to give money to Ukraine. Ignore the fact that there's lobbyists lobbying the government from the fucking weapons manufacturers. Ignore all those inconvenient details that totally go against my narrative. Like the bankers know that this is happening. They know that it, they knew it was going to happen in 2008 when they did those practices. They planned for it. They talked to their guys in Washington. The whole point is to steal your tax dollars. That's crony capitalism. It's not capitalism that's the problem. It's crony capitalism. You can't sit here and be like, oh, I like communism and communism's never been tried. But when I say capitalism's not happening in this country, you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> we don't have a free market capitalist system. We have crony capitalism where bankers 
purposefully do shit that's going to crash a bank that they know is going to get a lot of public talk about. And then they get to fucking Congress gets to write up a bill and be the hero saviors they like to pretend to be. And at the same time, pay their buddies in the banks a lot of fucking money. This is what they do. And that's what they're going to do. They're already talking about it in the media. Oh, this is what could save it. Uh, Joe Biden needs to get it. And Joe Biden's already come out and said, we're not going to let these banks fail, guys. Yeah, no shit. And the Republican rhinos, McCarthy and his people, are going to go right along with it. Oh, look, guys, another trillion dollar bill. And you know what? While we're at it, while we're bailing out the banks, well, let's put some money into infrastructure as well. You know, some of that Green New Deal shit. And let's put some, let's give some money to Ukraine in the same bill. You know, we did, we did, why not? It's a spending bill. Let's fucking put some money for Ukraine in the way we want it. Because while, while they're writing up the bank bill, the fucking weapons manufacturers are over here going, hey, what about us? We want some of that money too. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. And that's all I got to say about that. I don't know. What do you think? Am I off? You think I'm off on that? And they just really banker people, <laughs> high level banking people just didn't do the math right? Yep. <laughs> all right. I don't know shit about banks. I'm just tired of this shit happening over and over again. But you're right about the amnesia thing. But that's just how, you know, dumb people are. And remember, think of someone of average IQ and realize that half of the country is dumber than that. It's like, it's got to be like, you know, if you have a pet, you know, they kind of go through life and they can eventually develop a memory. Like they know who you are. But as to whether they remember events that happened 10 minutes ago, like probably not. Right. Yeah. People are probably the same way. Most people are probably just going along and honestly don't remember what just happened. Yeah. Well, that's what they say, right? Like one out of every three people in a friend group's fucking retarded. Right, Monty? See that dude? See that what? dude? No, you don't. Because his asshole's over there and his nuts are over there. <laughs> Destroyed. The woman was talking my fucking ear off. She was about talking. <laughs> oh, now I feel bad because he didn't even hear it. What Whatever, oil is better for deep frying? I don't fucking know. Canola uh, oil peanut. or vegetable oil? I don't know. Neither. Probably canola. Ooh. No. Well, it's got a higher smoke point, doesn't it? I don't yeah. fucking know. But it's rapeseed oil. Yeah. Canola yeah. oil? Toxic. Yeah, because, you know, I, I mean, good name change, right? Because rape oil doesn't really <laughs> roll off the tongue the same way. <laughs> <laughs> rape seed oil yeah it's it's a toxic byproduct of cotton uh, development it's a cotton seed right something like that no it's a different plant canola oil is made out of rape seed sunflower oil is made out of sunflower Very cotton toxic. seed is made out of cotton yeah seed oils are not good well i know my, people wife i know I, that's a trend for people to say that but it's true the wife and i use vegetable oil unfortunately i'd like to use peanut oil well, but regardless I can't find he it. asked no, me this question of the two which one's better and i say i don't know do we, wait doing which two Olive, canola, or, or no, vegetable. Vegetable and canola. Depends mm, on what the vegetable. Same is. And, and I and I said I don't know canola, and she goes, oh well, oh, website can... said vegetable oil. It doesn't well, matter. The if oil the website we get... said something, then why the fuck are you asking me? Well, the vegetable oil <laughs> we get is soybean oil, which I figure is not as bad as rapeseed. It's all bad. 
I know it's all bad, but it's not as bad as rapeseed or canola. What you need to do is for high heat, avocado oil or macadamia nut oil. Avocado Good oil is the it. more pop. No, it's popular now. I can get it in Aldi for like six bucks. And uh, extra virgin olive oil for other stuff. Also yeah, extra virgin. But that's oil. not really for cooking in high heat. So that's for yeah, oil. Oil no go. Peanut oil is fine. No. Why no, not? no, no. Well, way too high in omega-6s. You're really not even supposed to eat peanuts because they're not really a nut to begin with. They're a legume, and you're supposed to kind of chill on the legumes. Um, but it more has to do with the... Uh, That's my go-to snack. <laughs> it has more to do with how it's produced. For a lot of these oils, they uh, basically heat it really, really high and then strain it out. So it's and it, it's basically rancid and doesn't have any nutritional value. Just the way I like it. Yeah, I would say peanut oil or soybean oil is as best as you can get if you can't get avocado oil and shit. Like, if you can't get the healthy stuff, peanut and soybean's probably pretty decent. The reason why I say soybean is because the Japanese live pretty long, and they've been using soybeans for a long time. I know it's a trend to be like, ha, ah, soy boy, soy. Yeah, why do you think they're soy boys? Eh. Yeah, sure. So th there might be some conversation to be had about in taking a lot of soy might lead to you I mean, being they do more have a effeminate. Population collapse issue going on. Might be more effeminate, but the oil that you're cooking your food in is not going to have a giant impact because you're probably not eating fried. You shouldn't be eating I mean, fried food all the time. Their population anyway. issue is more with. It's nerds. It's <laughs> nerds jerking off the nerds. Not real girls. Fucking salary men that just go home and want to sleep <laughs> and just fucking work all day. Get home and. Wife's like, oh, you're home. And he's well, the real issue is a culture of like manga worship and hentai has led to dudes having these unrealistic values and women that doesn't just, just doesn't exist. They want these waifus with big tits and, you know, light skin. And you can't really find a lot of Japanese girls that are like that. So it's a big issue there. Start eating more meat. But the good news is, while the white population is going to diminish here, it's going to increase in Japan because Japan has already put out APBs. <laughs> xenophobic as fuck out. Trying to get white. No, they put out things. Come, come to them. Come to Japan and breed with our women. Really? Yeah. But they're not going to do that for black people or Hispanic people because they're xenophobic about it. They don't have a problem with white people. They're very, they're, they're very much like if you want to be. Like you, if you need a job real quick and you want to live in Japan, learn to teach English, which is not very hard already because you already speak it, yeah. you know? Well, and I then mean, just go over there and apply to... for a job as an English teacher in a school in a small town somewhere. They will give you the job over any fucking brown person any day because Maybe of the color I'm of your a, skin. I'm a brown person. I'm not talking to you. Oh. You're, you're fucked. <laughs> Rest in peace, John Ward. Rest in peace, John Ward, wherever you are in heaven or on earth. Come back. Join our podcast. Yeah, we'll take the hit. You can take my place. <laughs> nah, Monty's fine. He provides the, he's our token brown guy. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Mike's he's the, the reason Lebanese. for the racism. <laughs> Mike's the token Lebanese guy. Yeah, I'm the Irish dude. I'm like blown out of my fucking. I mean, I got some Irish. I'm 25 percent roughly. It's not enough. It's probably more like 12. You Catholic? What? Are you Catholic? I mean, my grandma is. 
Yeah, Your mom is. <laughs> okay. Oh shit! <laughs> with the program, yeah, I mean, they're the Irish one. Shit, no. I'm not. I, I'm not Catholic either, and so probably like 60% Irish. I actually am Catholic. It's not enough. I've thought about it, but then I don't know, man. Catholic, Baptist. I don't know. There's something going on there. They got something figured out. Just don't know what it is yet. Oh, do you want probably the whole Jesus talk? Children. <laughs> I'll save that for the next why, podcast. Why the Catholics are right. Well, we'll say that for the next podcast. Uh, my thing, though, is like they've built a lot of impressive structures, so there's got to be something <laughs> there that we haven't. Uh, it's got to be something there, you know. Definitely something going on. All right, yeah, I'm gonna figure it out one day. Mona Lisa, dude, painting no, ceilings That's the and point. shit. Yeah, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll be dead, but. No, no, no. Is that a threat? Like, no, I mean like before then. You know, I'm 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 probably gonna hit that point in my life eventually where I'm like, Yeah, I think it's time to find Jesus. Go looking for him. Yeah. I mean it's not that I haven't been, you know, looking for the guy. It's just that uh Oh really? You go to, you go to church? I mean, Ever? when I was younger, I went to church, but I, I don't go to church these days. And I'm sure but, you sin a lot. So but, I mean. <laughs> but my, oh, I jerk off a whole lot thinking about other women and my wife at the same time. So that's probably adultery in some form or another. I don't know. I, you got to learn the specifics, you know? Too much of it is uh, dogmatic, I think. That's the only issue. I, I jerk off a lot, a lot of thinking things. of women that aren't my girlfriend. Yeah, that's technically a Three sin. Time. Well, I agree with atheists that there's not a lot of evidence that most of the biblical God concepts exist in terms of like always being watched over and shit like that and being judged constantly. Well, because remember the yeah, difference between atheists and agnostics is atheists actually say that it's impossible that God exists. It's not just right. they don't believe it. I've always been um, more of an also, agnostic. Let me give you this YouTube channel because this dude, go if you can handle long talks, he goes into some of the crazy like it should be a movie catholic history stuff well well i think jordan peterson makes a lot of good arguments as to what the things about religion and what they mean and what's good about it. you know and that's not to say that i necessarily believe because he says it but there's definitely something there when it comes to you can't dismiss religion and god and christianity and even islam and all these things that borrow from each other like you can't dismiss it as, oh, because there's no evidence for God, that means all of it's stupid and not true. Like, eh, no. This is the hubris that we humans have today where we think we have it all figured out because the last 300 years, science, my dude. I think we talked about this recently, or maybe it was me and my wife about how, like, yeah, we have germ theory, and we can tell that Nowadays, and this is something I didn't hear as a kid, this is super new shit. The idea that fasting is super healthy to you. Like people who fast live longer. It's not only healthier for you, but it's like it's how you should live your life, according to people who've done published papers where they give rats cellulose in their food and other rats don't get that. And so these rats that are eating three full meals a day 
aren't living as long as the rats that are getting cellulose in their food or whatever the fuck it is. Maybe it's not cellulose. It's some kind of filler that has no calories. That's not toxic. And, and so they're eating this shit and they're living 30% longer than the rats who have, who eat three times a day. There's studies with this with dogs, people who have dogs that live to be past the age that dogs are expected to live. Uh, based off well, their you know, breed. In the Bible, Typically only before feed the their flood, dog once humans a day. used to live 800, 900, 1,000 years. According to, yeah. And that, now people want to dismiss that as I'm not saying myth, it has to but, be literally true, but it's just interesting that like, well, when people you, wanna, yeah. if you read the Bible, that's, you know, I've made it to page seven <laughs> and it's really in the beginning. Um, yeah, they're read, like, I've yeah, and this person lived to be 900 and something years old and his son lived to be, you know, 800 and something years old. And Yeah, I've, I've read parts of it and there's definitely interesting things like that. But what we know with fasting is that even today, like this is, it's becoming a trend because scientists who have published papers talk about it. Neuroscientists are talking about it. Sure, there's the world of like dietitians and stuff that have been all over the place, but there's a lot of money to be made in that. So you can't really trust a whole lot of it. The place to go to are the neuroscientists, the people that work with things like brain chemistry, because it's not like it used to be even 40 to 50 years ago where everybody just kind of accepted things like the brain. It's mysterious. Wow. What about it? We know that most of your problems in your life, medical problems and shit are caused by hormones, which is what the brain produces. The brain produces hormones. Things like cancer are fed by hormones, okay? All of these illnesses and, and problems are all hormone-based. So it turns out that hormones can have a major impact on the physiology of your body. And by fasting, it affects hormones in your body. And if you wake up and don't eat and as long as you possibly can, not only are you going to lose weight, which is what everybody focuses on, but according to research papers, it's going to prolong your life, not, ju not just because, oh, I'm not going to be fat anymore, so no more diseases, but because it kickstarts these genes in your body that are there to make you survive longer, to live longer. We, we don't know exactly why this happens, but we understand that it happens. Now, you might look at that as a modern-day person and go, hmm, yeah, we're so fucking smart, we figured it all out. But fasting is in every Bible, every Bible. Muslims... They, when they have their holidays, they celebrate by not eating. Now, the average person in the modern era, and this is kind of an issue with religion, is they'll go to an imam, and that's what they call them in uh, Islam, or a priest or pastor in Christianity, and they'll, they'll try to oh, interpret the Bible for me, please. I don't want to have to sit here and read it and study it, so you interpret it for me. To the degree that it gets a little ridiculous in things like Islam, because Islam will, if you ask anybody a question or have questions, oh, you need to go to an expert, you need to talk to an expert. It's like, no, I want your opinion. No, no, no talk to an expert, expert, expert. And you go to an expert and they'll just spin that shit in circles. And one of the problems that you'll get is these priests, these pastors, they're fallible. They're not God. They're not communing with God. They're fallible. So they can interpret things incorrectly. And so one of the common interpretations you hear specifically about fasting is that we're doing it to recognize that there are people who have less than us. So we're, we're eating. Says. Yeah. We're, we're not eating because there are people who don't get food. So we're, we're respect, not necessarily Islam that says that, but imams will say that, or Pete, I've heard pastors say that about, uh, uh things like Lent and stuff like that. Um, or, or uh, what, what is it? Not um, really. 
Well, there's lint, actually but, there's um, kind of two parts. Pass of this. Over One that is kind of like shit. the 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 lint. Well, let me let, real quick. Let me finish what I'm saying because I'm almost done. Okay. The point I'm making. The point I'm making is that just because they didn't have the concept of genetic or you know gene theory doesn't mean they weren't able to as a, you know civilization has existed for a long fucking time and that means there were hundreds of thousands of people living and dying in cities in close proximity to each other and you don't need scientists and doctors for people like Leonardo da Vinci to exist and sit back and go why is this happening and to look at it and to put you know numbers together and go these people are living like this and these people are living like this and it turns out that these people live longer because something that these people are doing so what are they doing that's different than everybody else now when we say fasting we think intermittent fasting we even have to call it intermittent fasting because most people that fast yeah. there there was some saint i don't eating. remember which one who like literally fasted all of lent <laughs> like 40 yeah. days it's like yeah they just well, didn't eat food at all yeah and so we think about intermittent fasting that's what it is because the concept of fasting intermittent fasting was just normal people didn't eat three meals a day until we reached kind of modern times with so much abundance and wealth now a, a, a king or noble people may have eaten three meals a day and they were usually more overweight and they had genetic problems we can look back to the history of king uh, lines of royalty and see how they had genetic problems and some of them died early of problems and shit like that but the average person was eating one maybe two meals a day so that and they didn't that's not what fasting is that's why in islam when you fast to observe fasting you don't eat from sundown uh, sun up to sundown you don't eat while the sun's in the sky period and so that's not intermittent fasting that's what fasting is in islam uh so and you can look at monks as an example of this monks go days without eating yet they live to be like hundreds of years like a hundred plus years old over a hundred commonly and they're sickly looking as we would describe them but they live longer than most people and they're and why do they not eat much because their religious beliefs is to swear off commodities to swear off things that they might consider pleasure in life and to get closer to whatever they believe with their Buddhist religion. And so they eat as little as they possibly can. They, if you ever see these guys, they eat like plain rice and shit. Now, well, let me go back to the America, fasting thing. Yeah. That, that's my point. So you can go ahead. Yeah. Thanks. Very kind of you. Uh, well, yeah. there's kind of two things with the fasting. It's, the first thing is like during Lent, when people fast, if they fast, I mean, you don't have to necessarily fast. People do other things, but you know, it's about self-sacrifice, right? Either give of your time, or your money, you donate, give to charity or something, or you give of something else. So by depriving yourself of food, you're, that's your sacrifice, right? Because that's really what it's all about, self-sacrifice, because that's what Jesus did. Right. But then there's also the, the deadly sins, and one of them is gluttony. And those are the ones where it's like, these, this is what you don't do. Not only will it bring you farther away from God, oh, yeah, yeah. but it's also bad for you. Well, so bad for gluttony. You. They knew that right. without genetic science. Well, as someone brought up a really good analogy. You've seen um, Goodwill Hunting, right? Yeah. So imagine someone presents you with a math problem like that, right? And this is brought up more in the sense of like uh, <laughs> why Catholic is right, but it kind of applies to everything. But the analogy is going to lean that direction. Mm -hmm. um, so 
if someone tells you to solve that math problem, you know, you're going to have some people that are close, right? Protestants like, yeah, you guys are close. You got some good stuff here. You got some good stuff here, but you're not quite there yet. And other people, it's like, well, you got different stuff wrong, but this stuff is right. You know, so you're, you're close. And then there's the people that are way out in left field. We're like, yeah, you're, you're completely wrong. You know, the <laughs> cults and shit. Yeah. Um, but if someone showed up and was like, no, this is the answer. <laughs> like, okay. It's like, not only is it the answer, but I created the question in the first place. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a big, that's a big leap, but you know, uh, my point is well, just that, that, that person I, being it's been observed. God, you know. Yeah. Regardless of whether you believe in God or not, you got to respect the idea that our ancestors were smarter than we give them credit for in modern times. They, when you look it at, goes like back you to what said, you're saying, you mentioned like the they gave, deadly they gave a reason, they gave reasons not to do certain things because it's bad for you. Either you're for your mind, yeah. like sloth, you know, just sitting there all fucking day isn't yeah, good for you. Nothing. It's not you good know, for you. Greed probably has something well, to do with what, it do, hurts we, your what soul. do we see today? What do we see today with sloth? For example, us, well, you get <laughs> well, a lot me, of people, I sit in a chair people to work that all don't, day. it turns out if you don't have a job or something to do, you feel useless. And that's a key point of depression. The reason why people who are injured on the job and can't work anymore get depression is because they feel like they're not doing something. This is another reason why military guys, a lot of military guys get depression, not because, you know, they come back and they're scarred from war and they saw a lot of dead people. It's because they feel like their life means less. Now they were doing something very significant to them, very important. And now they're done with that. And they got to find something in life that feels similar in order to make themselves feel like they're as valuable as they were before. You know, I think that's a legitimate concept. And of course you got to come around and understand as someone something that we have to cope with is that there's well, people that religion would take it one step further regardless. and say like that stuff is you're trying to fill a hole because you're ignoring God or even Allah. Right, but or that's any religion, I was just you know? making so an example. That's why you feel like shit is because yeah. you you're living in a state of sin apart from God. Right. And that's, that's what sloth is. The reason why sloth is bad is because you're going to get depressed. And there's a lot of ways that you can say it, but that's, they knew. And that's the point is that they knew these were people, these were people that were able to observe the behaviors of other people and understand that it leads to things. And they came to conclusions. Yeah. They didn't have a fucking, they didn't publish a paper on it or have some peer reviewed fucking study, but they, it doesn't mean they were wrong source. And in fact, we can correlate a lot of those things today with what we know from scientific papers. That just shows that what we've all, what we have accomplished in modern times is coming to the same conclusion that people in the past have came to. Right. Literally, we already had the answer. We already we're had just the trying answer. to come to the answer on our own. All we've done is found the answer. <laughs> in that's a why all these people way. are looking into trans shit and new agey shit. And it's, it's like, like the argument I had. They're with trying my to wife. find the right answer on their own, but it's like the argument I had with my wife when she was playing Hogwarts Legacy. Like I look at the puzzle and I go fifteen plus two, and then this symbol that's a three. So then I go, okay, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, right? She looks at it and goes, okay, 15 and two is uh, 17, and then this is a, so I minus, <laughs> the answer is 20, so I minus this from 20, and that gives me which one I need to pick. 
Like it's yeah, it's just the same answer, but a different method of answering the question, which has already been answered. It's the the, the stupid way of doing things. It really is because it's <laughs> people that just want to get away from God so badly because I don't know, they're embarrassed about it. They assume that it's a bad thing. It's not a bad well, the, thing. It's not a bad thing, but people treat it like it is in today's day. I got to say one of my greatest, you got to look around, right. And like all the shit that's going on. Like if you prescribe to like, you know, when people are shaking their, you know, titties on stage at the Grammys, that that is evil. You know, if, if you say like shit like that is evil and wholesome shit is good. There's a lot of evil shit out there, all the uh, abortions and everything. So I get why religious people are like, yeah, this is the end times. <laughs> I think my greatest sin would be envy because I really envy religious people who are able to, you know, not have depression and, and shove a lot of things off and, you know, don't have a fear of death and shit like that because they're close to God or what they believe to be God or what anybody wants to consider that as. And I think that has let, that's my greatest regret is despite, you know, being where I am, I'm not a kind of person that's like, if I could go back and change the past, I would change it. I certainly wouldn't change it because I am where I am today because of all of the things that I've done. And, uh, I'd be afraid to change something that would possibly have a serious butterfly effect on things. But I do regret convincing my wife that Islam is bullshit because in a way, I feel like I stole from well, her. When you get a chance, watch the ability that to... video that I posted because that's a priest talking about Islam and how it's prophesied yeah. that eventually they'll all convert to Christianity. Well, <laughs> I doubt. It. I mean, but I like. I the, my I, girlfriend is Buddhist, and I like Buddha, Buddhist Buddhism. Okay, Buddhism. Buddhist. I was being real about it, man. Like. I regret that I took that from her because those people are much happier. That's a fact. Well, that, that's why I like my people who are religious are much happier because they, even if it's an ignorance is bliss thing, that's irrelevant. Who am I to take that from people? You know, Penn Gillette has uh, said something that stuck with me a long time ago. That's why I've never had a problem with, you know, my, my mother-in-law has given me Qurans, you know, I'm supposed to be technically converted in order to marry my wife. They, you know, we're pretty much lying about it, but I have no problem with processizing because I think it is just like Pendulette. I agree. I it have is no problem. With it's a form of, it's a form of, it's a form of love because when somebody's processizing to you, they're trying to convince you that their God is real and that you should convert to it because they want to save you. Nobody's doing that because they hate you. Nobody's doing that to inconvenience. In fact, the people that are religious and don't processize are, you know, kind of doing a disservice to you in that regard. Now, yeah, obviously, you nobody wants, you? Nobody wants to be, <laughs> well, nobody wants to like be, you know, obviously burdened all the time with constantly being droned on by other people. I understand that. Like, but you, you like know, YouTube videos and you like history. Yeah, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind. I actually love the religious history aspect because I think there's a lot there well, that we don't until understand. until you see. Well, first of all, there's a lot of history that you don't learn in school. But some of it is like battles coming down to the wire. Like miraculous shit, literally. Like Virgin Mary appearing and the Russians turning and running. 
instead of destroying yeah. Poland. Like crazy shit. I mean, yeah. I'm, With and, witnesses you know, and everything. Like I think a lot of atheists would dismiss that. And I've always well, been. No, a, atheists saw that shit. <laughs> well, I've never been an atheist. I've always been an agnostic just because I don't think that God doesn't exist. I just think that it's hard to claim a specific thing, like down to a T. Like I can understand being a Catholic or being a Christian because you kind of follow those values and those morals and you believe a lot of the stuff in the stories. I mean, we've even seen like flood uh, stories across the globe. Yeah, another thing that, you know, Checkmate atheists, we knew about you know? and then discovered later, you know? Yeah. Um, and it may be the case that they had some kind of gene technology. They understood genetics and stuff back then. If you want to subscribe to that idea, I'm. it's crazy that atheist science aren't more on board with this younger Jairus theory and ancient, not aliens, but ancient uh, kingdoms and ancient technology like a lot of these guys are putting forward because, you know, that would really give them a leg up against the religious argument because religious people obviously don't subscribe to the idea that there was a interesting, that there were high advanced technologies back then. It's just that they... Gain the answers from you know God and prophets and things of that nature, which again may or may, or may not be true. You know, I'm not going to sit here and subscribe to the idea that you need to pray every night. You need to be really strict about the sins that you commit. I don't think sins are something that God punishes you for. I think sins are something that we pass down as something as a, a list of things you shouldn't do because they bring you. They make you a worse person, but also they, they'll make you feel worse. They'll like depression and things like that and, and bad health are all caused by certain sins. Like we talked about sloth and gluttony, for example. I mean, those are the kind of sloth and gluttony is some of the ones that people like George Carlin would joke about and laugh about. Like, why does anybody care about this? Well, psychological reasons, obviously health reasons, obviously, um, you know, your body is a temple. This is a this is a religious teaching that we have twisted into this idea. Modern people, and th th again, this is the failure well, not, of... First of all, you don't get punished for sinning. It's... Well, yes, of course. And this is the modern failure I'm talking about, where priests and preachers and religious people will claim to know answers and, and interpretations and throw them at people, and you get misinterpretations that cause people to become atheists and shit. Like, I was told that you shouldn't get tattoos because your body's a temple. Well, that's not what body's a temple means. It means take care of your body, be healthy. Not because God's going to punish you if you die of a heart attack because you're fat, but because you're not going to live a long, healthy, enjoyable life where you have kids and grandkids and be an impact on their lives and part of you you know, move on with them. Because that's, that's the story of humanity is passing on simpler, your it really yourself is and your knowledge that, into others. really the whole idea well, is sure. be as much like god as you can and god doesn't sin so don't and of do course it. you'll never attain it but that's the point you have to know that you'll never be god you'll never be like god but you should still strive to be that yeah and an atheist will hear you talk like this and they'll be like oh my god fucking god talking it's like dude just humble up well, there's a humble lot of things yourself. there's a lot of things where you don't realize how much stuff you do just because you want to do it. Oh yeah. So, and, like and, that's, and, 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 and it's not easy people. to hear. It's really not easy to hear. That's why everyone is so on board with abortion. It is not easy to hear that no matter how you spin it, it's wrong. 
Just Dude, run and kill so, someone. And you know what's crazy? And it's the same thing with jerking off. I mean, to a lesser it. extent. You know, it's like it's you're basically not using your parts for what they're made for. It's not well, on the, the same level. Thing, of, there's actually as an interesting. Uh, there's actually an interesting thing that's come out now with genetics and, and understanding hormones and stuff that when you jerk off, you release hormones and uh, dopamine, for example, and you kind of condition yourself to become, it, it's, a, it's addictive. Dopamine is addictive. That's why people like TikTok because it, it's a dopamine hit. Well, also, scroll think up of it this thing. way. Here's, a, here's a, a, dirty, a dirty example, but um, I don't know how long you've gone without jerking off. Um, but you know, when it's been longer than Probably usual, hours. when it's been longer than usual, you, you feel bad. Don't, well, no, don't you feel more like you want to bang your wife or your girlfriend? Like if you oh, jerk oh, off yeah, three yeah, times yeah, a day, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, well the whole idea that... is, I mean, maybe not the whole idea, but you know, just an example, the whole idea of getting married and having kids, right? Like every time you have sex, it's supposed to be unitive and or procreative. And if it's not either of those things, then. It's not really well, worth think, doing. It's not God. I think to be fair, some of those things are talked about as a way to try and limit in society the amount of uh, saliciousness, you know, people or salaciousness, sorry, uh, people being provocative at all times to protect children, but also to, you, you can't also really have a civilization if everybody's people. fucking and jerking off all the time. Uh, and oh, yeah, it creates, okay. it creates a, a bigger abundance of professions that are sex work and we've seen that it's true that sex work being accepted and promoted in society leads to degeneracy of society that's not to say that sex work is bad that's not to say that pornography is bad that's not to say that um you know prostitution or anything like that's bad or promiscuous sex with your partner or multiple partners if you can control it that's fine but most people can't and so you should See, the teach thing is, is that they it's can, not. you know, it's the same thing as with any addiction is like you, it's just really, really hard. It's hard. Yeah. But that so that doesn't make it okay to do it. That's the difference, right? Like that's right. the hard thing. No one wants to hear is like, well, when you have a society, so this is a, an interesting thing that I heard on a conversation that probably like four years old, a bunch of YouTubers talking about uh, society and how we, we have some shit. It's bread tubers talking about to, to right wing guys and stuff. A long time ago. But one of the main things they brought up was when you inherit a society, culture, are you not obligated to make sure that culture and society, which you benefit from, which is good, exists for the next generation the way it was left to you? You should also leave it to them. Is it not an obligation you have to make sure that it exists? So when it comes to promiscuity and things like that, yes, we can all sit here all day and agree that there are people that can handle it. They can have multiple partners. They can swing. They can do things like that. And it doesn't affect their marriage. It makes maybe even makes their marriage stronger or whatever. There's been cases of that. But most people can't. Most people cannot handle addiction. Most people can't drink to excess one night and then not the other night and the night after and the night after most people can't you know smoke and then put it down anytime they want and some people that can, can that can put cigarettes down that can smoke and smoke and smoke on the weekend and then put cigarettes down 
can't put alcohol down. You know, each person is kind of different to a varying degree. So the responsible thing to do is to not promote those lifestyles. If somebody finds them, fine, sure. Yeah, sins aren't something that God's going to punish you for. But it's not something to aspire to. It's not something that you should do often. It's not something that you should promote in society. But that's what everyone's that's, doing. Well, of course, that's why we have a degenerate society. Yeah. And then you get Republicans and stuff that are like, ban porn, ban this. That's not the solution. The solution is to talk to these people and bring them closer to what a religious person would say to God. To bring them farther, get back away from this libtard bullshit of just open promiscuity. Because, hey, it's fine, guys, as long as we don't include the children, right? Uh-oh, we're including the children. Hello, do something. <laughs> that's where we are we're at the listen man let gay people live their lives it's not well, the gonna crazy part you. is is how many people are out there that make fun of religious people or you know don't take the bible seriously or whatever and i'm thinking like you know twitter libs and like how many of them do you think have actually given it an honest shot well they all have a preconceived notion that's the issue yeah. when they hear anti-gay stuff in the bible or religious teaching they think well, of again, it as they don't bigotry. Understand. No, right. They think of it as bigotry. They think of it as just old people that didn't know any better that were stuck in their old ways. Yeah. Okay. So for all of human history, people have been like that. Well, and that's suddenly that is kind of the underlying thing, right? That's the major difference between conservatives and progressives is tradition. And maybe well, there's a reason for their tradition. You know. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not an issue of thousands hundreds of thousands of years of humanity and then just now people have figured out the smart ones were born guys we figured it out because we split the atom or some random bullshit that's not the case it's not anti-gay stuff in the bible it's anti-promiscuity what is homosexuality well again using it's things for their purpose right? the purpose of marriage is to start a family including having kids well not and only that but it's if the you're promiscuity gay and you can't have kids then what's the point of getting married? But even on a so more secular level, right? Like why as a gay person, you know, the Catholic church doesn't support gay marriage. Why would you want to get married in a Catholic church? Here's the thing though. You know what they, I mean? Like, why would you want to go like back to somewhere? You're the point of it. I feel like everybody's missing the point of it. It's a promiscuity issue. That's where it all goes back to. If, if you're in a gay relationship, your relationship is predicated on the idea of sex. Why? Because why won't you, if you can fall, why can't you fall in love with a woman? You can't fall in love with a woman. What does that mean? What, what is it about a man that makes you love them, but not a woman? It, it's just not true. And people will sit here all day and try to point at things like the gay gene and all this bullshit that doesn't exist. When in reality, it's all about sex. When you are in a gay relationship, lesbian relationship, you are in a relationship that began on the concept that you weren't looking for love you were looking for loving and that's the issue with it that's why religious people are against gay sex gay marriage is because it is a promotion of promiscuity your relationship should not begin mm, on sex that's yeah correct. humans well listen again humans are physically attracted to each other okay we're physically attracted to each other because that's what's in nature but the whole point of getting closer to god is to go against your nature because that's what animals are naturalistic 
right? It's nature versus nurture. Well, it's interesting God to bring that nurtures, up because nature you know, is bestial. When you think about like, do animals have souls and all that? I think some of them do because. Well, I don't have you ever seen? You have a dog. Don't. I have a cat. But have you ever seen an animal well, show yeah, restraint and that. push back against their instincts? Yeah, we agree on that. Animals can push back against. They can be taught to not give into their instincts, like humping other dog, or uh, you know, just or eating whatever they can there, find, not going after the cheese like a rabid animal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's nurture versus nature. And when you we humans still are guilty of this. Our greatest sin as humans collectively is we still pick our partners. Well, it's based backwards, off right? It's all about, you know, my, my truth. It's all about my truth. What I want is good. So, well, you I can't fell in love anything. with my wife before we physically met. I spent 10 years with her over the internet before we physically met. Now, what if it turned out she was a dude? You still think I it was all about sex? Like. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's not how relationships happen. No gay people are going out here trying to find a partner based on. I just off think of that's a brain. generalization. I mean, you're probably right like half the time, but I don't think it's fair to say that gay people aren't out there looking for a real relationship. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I mean, they're beginning their, their relationship predicated on it. This is also true of, of straight couples. This is why people used to get married and not. There are religious groups that took this to the farthest point. Well, hey, like, look, here's another example. What's a, what's get, a good practical reason the other person until you get married outside of religious beliefs, why you wouldn't want to sleep with everyone. No, nothing other than STDs yeah. and, and shit like that. STDs yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, that's what the religion understand. That's why promiscuity is bad. It's not because God said so it's because the, it's all conceptual. Like, yeah, if you follow certain religious teachings, it's one thing to be agnostic and believe that there could be a creator or some kind of God or superior being or, or whatnot. But to subscribe to a specific religion is to understand the teachings of that religion, not because God said them, but because this is what this religion has developed over a period of time and time equals wisdom. So you might subscribe to Catholicism more than you subscribe to Islam because you're more open to women being accepted as having more of an opinion in society, something like that, or more of a place. Whereas Islamic people see women, you know, as less, and that's factual. It takes for every one man as a witness, you need two women. Uh, that's not me saying that that's Islam. Okay. Are you, are you saying you as a hypothetical or are you referring to me? Well, as a hypothetical. Okay. So, um, I'm just saying that's kind of the, the way those things work out. But when it comes to promiscuity, we, we shouldn't, there are religions that believe that you shouldn't meet your wife until you're married. Jordan Peterson's been talking about this recently as a guy that's Christian, that, uh, you shouldn't live with your partner before you get married because there's statistics. And this is something that kind of gets skewed. There's statistics that show that people who live together before they get married have a higher divorce rate. I don't know if that's necessarily related to anything. Maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't looked into it I think that's just Jordan enough. Peterson's opinion. It probably. I mean, it might be a Christian thing. I don't know. I don't think so. It might be a Christian thing. I don't know. I haven't, that's what I mean by I haven't looked into that, but um, when it, it's certainly true that most people in modern times 
definitely pick their partners based off sex. Everybody's picking people based off their physical looks. They're having partners who they have sex with. And it used to be that you don't have sex until you get married. And that was the whole marriage didn't have like the marriage wasn't legit till you had sex after the wedding. And that was like sealing the deal. Uh, we yeah, don't do that again. The whole point of society. getting married was to have kids. Yeah. So it was we like, don't all right, do that get to it. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that in modern society. So we have created this culture of promiscuity and it's going further and further. And that's so when religious people talk about uh, homosexuality as a sin, that's what they mean. They're not saying that you shouldn't exist as a homosexual. Well, there's a few things. They're saying that it's a sin that. because you're beginning your relationship on promiscuity. No, well, no different not than exactly. how First they believe all, it's not that, that homosexuality is a sin. Because there's a lot of things you can think about, but unless you act on them or dwell in that thought obsessively, it's not a sin. So well, yeah, just I mean, like no... straight people, like you can't have sex before you're married. And in the eyes of the church, the point of getting married is to have kids. And since gay people can't have kids, that's not really marriage. So there's no purpose in having sure, sex. Of course, you can't consecrate the marriage. Yeah. And also, even though that's a sin, doesn't mean you're hated by the church. Everyone of sins. Course. Even the priests sin. But this you're is another thing that atheists misconstrue. That's the whole point of confession. <laughs> like, they just don't understand it. They have no understanding of it. They get all their bullshit from movies and TV and they think, oh, this is how people are. And you got to so realize condemning. when it comes to like the, the cake shit, you know, where gay people keep trying to get Christian bakeries to, you know, bake them cakes. That's a libertarian argument. They shouldn't have to. Yeah, well, of course they shouldn't have to, but you realize that like you're dealing with people whose inspiration, the people, the person they're trying to be like literally died rather than, <laughs> you know, deny that he was God. And also all his apostles died horribly rather than admit horribly. that he wasn't God. And you're telling me that you want these people to just give in and say, oh yeah, we'll bake your cake. No, <laughs> like if anyone's going to stick to their guns. <clears throat> it's the Christian bakery people. Just yeah, saying. That, I mean, aside from that, that's a libertarian argument. Even a liberal argument should be that people are allowed to practice with their, I mean, that's supposed to be a liberal argument, but I mean, we know how that goes. Yeah. Well, I haven't exactly <laughs> figured out how all this works with government. Cause well, it's, that's because it is government. That's well, I mean, that's is. that's what it was supposed to be, right? Like, you have the, concept, the government, right? and the morality of that government is based on Judeo-Christian values. And basically, anything the government did was supposed to be kind of based on that. And there was, I don't think the Founding Fathers were ever expecting, like, this amount of, like, no, no, I don't agree with that. We have to change it. I don't, I don't think they could have foresaw how many people would stray from religion in 200 years, you know, pretty much I everyone. Think, I don't necessarily know that they cared too much because theology was after monarchy, like monarchy and theology, you know, in the beginning it was the, the crown and then it started to become the church that had more power. Well, not really. It was, it was really <clears throat> these governments that would use the church as an excuse to do whatever oh, they yeah, were going to do anyway. Like there's never course, really been there were also an actual religious institution power. that they themselves have waged the war. Well, it Unless, wasn't you know, some Islam countries where like the government is the religion. When I say the church, I don't mean the whole religion. I mean like a church somewhere, you know, it kind of goes back hand in hand with the concept of some of these priests and pastors 
are just kind of interpreting it wrong and telling people the incorrect shit. So they, it, it turns them away. I had a, I had a fucking lady on a, last time I went to church when I was a kid, this is really, this woman, this is an example of it. This woman fucked it up for me. Okay. I could be an ignorance is bliss type, no fucking depression type person when it comes to like, what's, what happens when you die specifically. I'm not meaning to insult people that are religious. I mean, like when you're religious and you truly believe there's an afterlife, how can you possibly be afraid of death? And that was stolen from me by this woman in her fucking ignorance. I had long hair when I was a kid because I grew up in like, I was into like rock music and shit. I had long hair on, on the back of my head and shit like that. And, uh, I went to fucking, you know, summer school, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Day camp for kids, basically. And, uh, this woman on the bus tells me that I need to cut my hair because that's not something Jesus would want. It's like, bitch, Jesus has long hair <laughs> in every fucking picture. Yeah. The fuck are you talking about? Like, that's way too... And yeah, I was, like, young. I was, true. like, 11 years old. And this dumb bitch turned me off of the fucking church because I went home and told my mom that crying. My mom's like, you're not going back there again. And so that was it for me. <laughs> that's the last time I went. I mean, I've been to churches since then in terms of, like, you know, uh, here and there, maybe, like, little events and shit like that for people or weddings, funerals, whatnot. But I haven't attended church like that since because of that shit. And it's over time i've come to the conclusion that you don't really need to go to church to understand so that was a, that's a communal part of the religion which does help to exist today for people certainly and should still exist that's you know people need community if you don't have community church is a great well, place to get it for catholics it's not just about off, community it's communion too well, yeah, but I mean, whatever that stuff Tommy is traditional. Shit. Yeah, that, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's that. Uh, to be fair, a lot of that. This is the kind of communism where everyone gets bread. <laughs> well, to be the fair, a lot of that. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of that is certainly stuff that's left over that they're trying to justify keeping around in that regard. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, have it. Everybody can have it, as far as I'm concerned, because it's not a. There's no negative to it. But, you know, from, to what? so for example, my wife, to, to commune and all that, even, even though it, it had a purpose, it still does have a purpose beyond, I mean, what you're saying is it has a purpose outside of having a community. I disagree. I think that's its sole purpose. For example. It depends on the church. Like, you got to realize that all these different Protestants. Of course. Of course. A lot of them, especially Baptist, which there's a lot of in the South, they're all their own thing. Well, so for example, my wife's family is big on family. They're a big Asian family. And I love those people. When I, I, I enjoyed my time in Malaysia, when I went back to Malaysia in 2017, 2018, it was 2018. I had, a, I, we had purchased a new house. We didn't have a dog yet. We purchased a new house and waiting for me back at home was my family which isn't that impressive. Okay. Like I love my parents. All right. I've spent most of my life with them. I've seen their flaws as anyone else would growing up with their parents. But I, and I recognize what my parents have done for me as you know, obviously there's things they didn't do for me that they could have done. And I'm not going to sit here and blame them for that because I'm an adult and I can fix those problems 
but I'm not going but I'm not going to sit here and deny them. You know, uh, Shia LaBeouf's kind of a little prick that most people on the right don't like, but he did an interview recently uh, with that guy that he's got a podcast. I can't remember his name off the top of my fucking head. It's one of them common names that you don't expect for an actor, but he's the guy that played Kane in The Walking Dead. And they did that movie Fury together. And he did an interview, even though everybody in Hollywood was telling him, don't fucking do stuff with him. That guy's toxic, blah, blah. And yeah, he was toxic. But he, he went there and he interviewed and he talked about all this stuff where he had hit his girlfriend. And, you know, he made a movie about it as his dad was this terrible piece of shit. When in reality, and he sat there on that podcast and told everybody, like, you know, I made that movie and that's not who my dad was. I made this movie because I was this fucking selfish prick who... You know, he sounds like a guy who's found God in his life and stuff like that and has really kind of come away from what he thought life was about. You know, he talks about how I thought life was about getting shit for me when it, I didn't know that it was supposed to be taking things and giving it to other people that makes you really feel good. And how he's learned from that in recent years. And, you know, he talks about how he, I sat here and made this movie about how my dad was this guy and all this shit. And like, my dad never hit me. My dad never did this terrible shit. You know, he never tried to push me into Hollywood or anything like that. He wanted to be in Hollywood, but he never made it. But he didn't like beat me or anything in that regard. He always put a roof over my head and fed me. And yeah, we, we butt heads and he might have his ways of what he thinks is the best way to raise somebody. And I might disagree with that. But he fed me. He made sure I was alive. He did what he was supposed to do as a dad. He was there. You know. And that that's true for my parents as well. Despite any kind of shortcomings they might have. And her family is just one of these. I mean, it's the kind of shit you grow up watching on TV. You know, everybody's together. Everybody, there's, they, everybody goes to this one big house. And they're always there. There's always people there. It's never empty. Uh, every little fucking holiday, little event, everybody's getting together. It's kind of what I had with my aunt before she died from cancer years ago. Everybody would get together at her house for at least Christmas. But these people are always, you know, her mother retired early from being a telecommunications engineer. And they had this house built in this village somewhere that's huge, 4,000 square foot home, you know. Uh, and there's not even any stairs. So it's just a huge, like, complex of a building and they she had that done so that there'd be a place for everybody to get together all the time just constantly all the time that's the kind of people they are and i didn't want to come back from that when i left to malaysia in 2018 because i thought Ugh, what do i got here house i just bought and what you know over there at least the people are nice you know there's less fucking crime yeah there's some negatives like you know i can't really own a gun and shit like that and that sucks but like Jesus, man, the, the, just the people over there. Yeah. And it's true that there's give and takes, you know, my wife will tell you that the hospitality here is way better than over there. That's true. Malaysian people can be dicks and they drive like fucking morons. But over here you get like fucking gangs and criminals fucking, you know, shooting people for no fucking reason, all that kind of terrible shit. And my family are just scattered to the wind. You know, I have my parents who are now off in fucking Texas right now, retired on their RV bullshit. And then I have, like, the closest relative I have is my sister. Don't talk to her because she's a fucking libtard who's manipulated her kid into thinking she's a fucking furry of some sort. Uh, 
and I don't have any ill will towards my sister despite that. I, I've, since day one, always said that, you know, Royal and her didn't, I didn't stop hanging out with them. They stopped hung, hanging out with me. They, I didn't come in and like, you were there when it happened. I didn't come in yeah, and just stopped throw hanging my, out with me too. I didn't start throwing my opinions on why I like Trump onto them. They kept asking me about it. They kept trying to convince me that Trump was a bad guy. And I didn't say that they were bad people because of it, but they could, they didn't want to have those discussions and shit. And the second that that's my brother who lives like all the way in fucking Statesville, some shit, Spencer, something like that. Left are, though. You should see this fucking dude that started talking to me on fucking Twitter, man. Oh my God. With your fucking Twitter. I'm talking about my oh, family right now. Okay. okay guy? Cool. <laughs> it's fucking ass. fine. Fuck it. Keep talking. <laughs> Thank you. Twitter. But just take a look at this. <laughs> trying to give you another example i'm just fucking with no i know it absolutely that's but that the point is my my family's scattered like that like my aunt lives off somewhere else like yeah they live in north carolina but it's like two hour drive none of them come to see me i got a nice big house with just me and my wife and none of them come see i gotta go see them you know i go see my nieces my brother's kids and take them like hiking and shit like that every other weekend uh but that's it me and my wife can't have kids not because we don't choose to but because of medical issues currently, I mean, you know, a video comes out that shows shit being grown in a lab and me and my wife are like, this is great. We're going to be able to have kids. And then a bunch of fucking Republicans are like, this is, this is wrong. This is satanic. So you can understand why I have a fucking negative opinion of those people over there. Uh, but like, well, again, you know, unitive and procreative. Yeah, it's not in a you're making in a test tube. There's no unitive aspect of creating that child, but there is. It's just being done on a different level instead of my penis going to her vagina and doing it that way. It's well, that's why I think the church is actually okay with that. If in your situation, because you can't have kids any other way, right? They'd rather you have kids than not. Correct. Who knows? Maybe so, you know, like I mean, symbolic, that's the kind of people her family bang. <laughs> versus my family, who's always been the type of Americanized family that's like, uh, get the fuck out of my house when you're 18. Go get a job. Make something of yourself. You know, whereas her family's the opposite. No, come here. Come here. Come, come stay with us. We stay as long as you need to while you get on your feet. It's a supportive thing. And we have this mentality in America like we don't. Oh, my God. We do not. Tell our kids to fuck off. They're going to become degenerate losers. And a lot of times they do. That's the thing. Yeah, but that's because. And then they end up on Twitter fighting with mom. Yeah, but that's not because they're being told to fuck off or not. It's because the parents are bad. We live in this fucking country where like people don't know how to parent. You know, and, and we keep fucking apologizing for parents. Oh, it's not the parents' fault. Yes, it fucking is. Yep. Was that it? End of point? I mean, that's pretty much the end of the point, but I mean, I think the issue with people today is just, they're not raising their kids right. And it has nothing to do with what we perceive it to be. I mean, we're talking about the religious aspect here. Everybody wants to. Well, don't become at, a Muslim because you like having family. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I'm never going to subscribe to a religion full on. I might listen to the teachings of a religion and respect them and understand the importance of them and maybe, you know, throw a little bit of that practice into my existence. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just all out say, oh, this is the right way. Because I don't know. You don't know. And here's what I'll and, say. And God doesn't expect you to know because that's not what it's about. It's not about passing a test. Well, in it's my about opinion. Faith. But that doesn't mean that real things don't, even don't think happen. I think it's about faith. Here's, here's my advice. The, the okay, look, you gotta part. you gotta slowly go from not believing to the Fox Mulder mentality of I want to believe. And then eventually you actually have to choose it. It's, it's the same thing with like those fucking, you know, it sounds lame. Those people like you have to choose to be happy. It's fucking true. Like, even if you don't know how it's a mental thing, you got to yes, like, of course. happiness is a choice. Well, same thing with faith. So like, if you think you're too, not you, if one thinks that they're too smart for religion, you know, like how can that many people be duped? Just well, it's not about fucking make the choice to believe I'm not and then see that... how, how quickly shit changes. See, I think that's the difference with me. I don't, I'm not saying that people are duped by anything. I'm saying that the people that are in charge often misrepresent what's going on. I don't think it's about faith necessarily. Certainly faith has an aspect in it. It's like, you know, have some faith that things are going to work out. That things are going to be fine. That, you know, the life and death aren't these, you know, constants as you think they are there. You know, there might be something more to the world than you believe it to be. That's faith. That's a faith argument. Uh, because the answer to that is because you, you can't live life wanting answers to all the questions. Because you won't receive them, and then you'll become depressed, or you won't live a happy life, or whatever. Everything has a purpose for it when it comes to religious you know, ideas or teachings. It's not just some fucking archaic backwater thing that these liberal types think it is. Like, at all. There's purpose to it. But I don't think it's just faith in God gets you saved in heaven. I think a it's lot not. of these things... That's one of the things about being Catholic. It's why a lot of people choose Protestantism if they have the choice. Is because you actually have to... You know, the rituals are important. You know, going to mass is important. Like all this stuff is important. Whereas of Protestants, it's really, I think they're important. Are all about the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, then whatever. Just love Jesus and love the Bible, and that's all you really have to do, and you'll be fine. But Catholics don't believe that. That's wrong too, because the reason why Catholics are right in that is because the rituals are important. Because that's the whole point. The whole point is to remember and understand through history what these things do but for you. But it's not all symbolic either. Like that's, especially when it comes to well, communion, I, right? Like all the yes Protestants, no. they either think that it's a reenactment of the last supper or it's just a symbolic remembrance. Catholics actually believe that there is what they call transubstantiation. So underneath the bread, it, the essence of it actually changes into Jesus and they are receiving a miracle every week. Well, to and, a degree that's true. In no, terms that is of true. Like, well, <laughs> Like if, that that's the difference. Like if it's we not... want to talk about the science of uh food and energy and all that, yeah, that's true because Jesus is the light and the light is energy. I mean, I that's my interpretation of things in, in those regards. I'm not saying that like 
people that believe other ways are wrong. I'm just saying that's that's how I see it to be. Um, you know, when you look at the Holy Trinity, for example, there's definitely evidence uh, that they're talking about things that we have been able to measure with technology. It's not just as simple as believe an invisible man in the sky that's going to reward you in heaven. That's not what, I don't think it's about that at all. I think that's how it's been misconstrued by media and maybe even purposefully to, you know, garner more or people on the side of thinking that it's, it's the false. devil. <clears throat> well, that's what the devil is. The devil is sin. The devil is lying. The devil lies, right? The devil says, "Eat the, eat from the tree of knowledge, and you'll be saved. You'll be, you'll be, uh, you'll know the truth." But you don't want to know the truth because the <laughs> it's not that the truth will set you free; the truth will imprison you. I mean, this is a good point that Jordan Peterson not, makes well, when he no, talks exactly about the not. apple. It's actually eating. so. I don't know if you ever heard. Well, probably not. There's this monk. Um, not a monk. He's a Franciscan friar, right? So he's taking a vow of poverty. And he says, like, for the next year, I'm, I have to give up all social media. I'm going to be told where to live. I'm not allowed to have any money. I'll get $50 a week for, for food and this, that, and the other thing. And then that's it. He's like, it was the most freeing experience of my life. And same thing with kind of the concept of marriage, right? Like, people are like, oh, we're, you know, we, we got to marry because we're, we're free. And it's like, yeah, but when you're in a marriage, you've now restricted yourself. Like sometimes the restrictive shit, restraining, is actually what frees you. Because freedom isn't about doing whatever you want. Well, there's so there's two aspects of this where it really comes down in terms of biblical story. I mean, everybody loves to point to like, you know, Noah and the flood myth, which isn't a myth, but and then hey, there's sculptory evidence now that true. Blood myths from all these different cultures, and they all happen around the same time, and we're seeing geographical evidence that supports it. Okay, cool, but that doesn't mean every story in the Bible is literal. Like the, I don't think the Garden of Eden is literal. Well, maybe the fundamentalists think that, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think that the Garden of Eden is literal. Even that whole process of them eating the apple—that's not. They didn't. Very eat few literal people fruit. take it literally. I think a Maybe lot the of flat earthers, because oh, they look, they said firmament, people. page one, firmament, therefore flat earth. <laughs> I think a lot more people than you're given that you think are actually <laughs> believing that shit literally. Well, okay, I can tell you this. Um, probably a year ago when I went to church, the priest was like, How many people out there believe literal interpretation of the Bible? There's probably about 200 people. One person well, raised their I'm hand. not talking about people that go to church, though. People who go to the church probably get a lot more philosophical approach. So it's like people that listen to Jordan Peterson talk about his religious talks. Like you're getting a lot more philosophy out of it. But I think a lot of people consider themselves religious but don't go to church. And they just have this broad assumption about religion based off what media has fed them. Protestants. And they just... Well, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You might be right. I mean, you might be right. I don't think anybody listens going, hey, wait a minute. I'm a pro God damn it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jordan Peterson has this great lecture where he talks about the Garden of Eden and the meaning behind all. Um, and it's only like a six-minute clip or something like that. But uh, he talks about how, you know, you have the primordial human beings of the Garden of Eden, 
this walled-in garden, which is paradise. And Eden has a meaning to it in its translation, which is well-watered. So you have this mixing of humans and nature as an amalgamation. Because you don't live in nature and you don't live in society. You live in like an amalgamation of both, right? Um, that it's safe and it's ruled over by a father figure, which like in stories, in the particular stories, you have to have the father figure move on. So in this regard, he casts them out because of what they do. Um, but there's, the, when he talks about like the, the snake, which is there unbeknownst to God, even though he knows everything. So it's, that's probably evidence that it's not a factual story and is more about a philosophical concept. So they interact with the snake and they, the snake opens their eyes. Okay. The well, snake opens their the eyes. The knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. By giving them the, the, the knowledge of good and evil, which opens their eyes to that, which also leads to labor and work, which has to do with, them being cast out of Eden because they didn't have to, they didn't have to eat or they're sorry. They didn't have to, uh, farm food and, and hunt food because it was just all there and provided until they gained the knowledge, good and evil. Okay. So yeah. And then God tells from them, other, now you're going to so have, you have to work the yeah. land and it's going to produce this thorny shit. It's going to be real tough work. Right. <laughs> But you have this idea that emerges from multiple religions over time that the snake in the garden is the same as Satan, which is the source of all evil. Well, it doesn't but say that. That doesn't make any sense. No, I'm not saying that it says that. It says that's the, I'm saying that's the interpretation yeah. that people have today, that the snake is Satan. But the, it doesn't say that. And at some point, people do that for some Also, reason. here's a fun fact. The snake apparently was not really the snake as we know it, because as punishment for telling Adam and Eve about the, uh, the fruit, that's when God curses the snake to like be on its belly and shit. Right. So apparently this was like a snake walking around on legs. How weird yeah. would that have been? <laughs> well, the Japanese believe it to be that fucking thing. You catch a Metal Gear Solid 3 and shit. <laughs> what a dragon? No, it's like a snake, but got feet on it something like that what's it called the chukino or something like that uh, i only played it once i don't remember kind of animal snake like animal lizard type thing but the snake is associated with trees okay and the reason for that is likely because we dwelled in trees snakes you know they're around trees they climb trees and it's a typical predator for our ancient relatives so you can see that representation making sense in the Bible as an explanation. Predators that lurk in the garden, they, if they interact with you, they wake you up. Because if you don't get waken up when they interact with you, you get eaten, you die, whatever. So there's painful consequences with becoming con. Is the idea about, it. and this is where it goes into concept of depression and shit, like that, and why we perceive ourselves when we're naked. When we shouldn't really, right? Because animals, your dog and cat, an don't care that they're naked. It was just an explanation as to why we're, why we feel set apart from nature, in that sense. 
You know, like humans are special. We're definitely unique among all the animals on the earth. And this was, I think, kind of an explanation as to why that was. Why why do we feel weird when we're naked? No other animal feels weird when we're naked. Yeah, the Old Testament is definitely more up to interpretation. Well, it's it's almost like a consequence of mythological stories that surround. Well, it's it. also much older, remember. Like this is the New Testament is two thousand years old. <laughs> old Testament's gotta be like what, ten thousand? Well, what he talks about makes sense. Like if that's why I actually want to read the Bible. If nothing empathize. else, I mean, it's it probably, I mean, it actually is the first book. Like, there were definitely things written down before that, but it was the first thing that people took multiple pieces of well, paper. It's a bunch of stories put, put together and a bunch of lessons and things like that as well. It, see, a problem that people have is they don't empathize. So when they think back to ancestors, they just think, cave people and shit. But imagine you're trying to parse out the mentality of a predator. Because you're not a predator necessarily as a human, okay? But well, like a, a predator are, for are a human, well, a predator for a human is what? Your moral enemy? It's the thing that hunts you. Uh, it's in the darkness is when it's strongest because a lot of them can see when you can't. You can identify it and take precautionary measures towards it. But... Where does it come from, right? I think that's where the Cotton Eye Joe song comes from. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Where did you go? It's a religious interpretation. I think the basic gist of his talk, and he does a lot better job than I can, but the basic gist of it is that, you know, the snake is not Satan. And it never was, and it's just been misinterpreted to be that by people. That's because uh, Mary steps on a snake in the New Testament. Right. And, and then, that image gets, you know, what's the word? Con misconstrued. Construed, yeah. With the Adam and Eve snake. And but the, the, and then but the, snake it, in, the second time, it is Satan. <laughs> but the, the Garden of Eden in the story of Adam and Eve is obviously one that's philosophical about how humanity at one point, walked naked in the garden. They didn't care. They ate from the trees and the ground and, you know, all of that stuff, and they didn't have to worry about any of that until they gained the knowledge of good and evil. Once they gained the knowledge of good and evil, they were burdened with understanding oneself. Like an, a dog does not know what good and evil is, so it doesn't know shame necessarily. In, in, its, in itself, it doesn't understand promiscuity, which are ideas that come further down the line from good and evil. Like, what is good? Promiscuity is bad. Why is it bad? These are things that animals don't understand. An animal certainly can feel shame. You scold it for <laughs> something. Dogs have been shown to show shame. But they don't process the ideal of it like we humans do. So a lot of this is just our way of understanding why we think the way we do. And that's what the apple of Eden. And there's so many fucking atheists that will look at that. You believe that a, two people lived in a garden and then a God says, no, you infant. You it's high. It's hilarious because you're acting like the high and mighty intelligent one. And you can't even see it for what it is, which is an analogy. Well, sub 80 IQ, but it, it, 
it's a story to help you understand the history of humanity. That's why it's the first story in the Bible. It's about how humans used to be before they gained the knowledge of good and evil. They were there in the garden. They were together and everything was good and the earth that God had made and all of that. Who well, cares what God is? You'd in be surprised. Respect? Like the, the story of creation, the story of Noah, Cain and Abel, like all that shit's within like the first 20 pages of the Bible. Like yeah. they don't, this is not like storytelling, like you're thinking where they go Written on and, and, and explain shit. It's just like, yep. And then <laughs> Cain killed his brother. It's like one. Well, yeah, but that's because that's because <laughs> no dramatic building. That's because back then there was no need to spend time on our origins to a heavy degree. Why do you need to know about the origin of your ancestors who came before you? before civilization we're here in a civilization in a society trying to make do with what we have you're not off on your own surviving the world we're here in a civilization and everybody has their role in their job and you might have a question about where we come from well this is where we come from we come from a place where the water was and it was wonderful and every and humans and nature were as one in the garden until we gained the knowledge of good and evil and that garden didn't exist any longer because once you have the knowledge of good and evil, you start thinking more complex thoughts and things move forward from there. There's no reason to explain that further. You have to presume that people are idiots if you want to explain it further, which it might be ironically that people are more stupid today than they were back then. We like to think, ah, oh, we're smarter than we've ever been. Are we? Apparently people could look at that in a book and interpret all sorts of shit from it. Today, everybody looks at it and goes, there are no stakes and no garden. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking women are made from the rib of Adam. Like that's not literal. Come on. Yeah, certainly there are people that take it literal, but it's not. It's just not literal. And the crazy thing is, atheists will try to use this as an argument. You'll get people like that'll sit up there, like Sam Harris, and be like, "These aren't literal things." Yeah, no shit, Sam. You're almost there, buddy. <laughs> You're almost there. You've almost got it figured out, my dude. Like most of it's not literal. Even God is not literal. There's no literal God. God. Like Moses didn't communicate with God. He communicated with the, bur with the burning bush that he presumed to be God. Well, what else would he? What else would you presume that to be? If you saw a bush on fire talking to you, what would you assume that is? Certainly God. <laughs> and maybe he was tripping on DMT. Who knows? That's irrelevant. The point is what he takes from it. It doesn't matter who Moses was talking to. He came down the mountain with rules. It doesn't matter if, oh, he had to break these rules because this bullshit. Who cares? What are the rules he has? What do they mean? What do you interpret those as? Stop focusing on the point that, the part that makes no point whatsoever. People focus on the dumb shit, like, oh, all of this stuff about where the Jews come from. Who cares? That doesn't matter. None of that matters. Well, he talked to a burning bush? That's ridiculous. Yeah, but what about the command, the, the Ten Commandments? What about them? What, what do they mean? How can you interpret those into modern day society? Because you're not intelligent if you're looking at it and dismissing it because the guy was said to be talking to a burning bush, but then you're over here fucking cheering on Aragorn fighting an orc. Like, I mean, it should give stories people exist. like that hope, right? Like Moses had just come from murdering someone. True. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah. no, you can't choose me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a fucking drunk. Which is in itself, someone. which in <laughs> itself is the point of the story, right? That there is, even if you've done things that are bad before you knew they were bad, or even if you knew they were bad, there's still hope for you as a person to 
come back into society and exist. Some people may not agree with that. You know, some people may think that it's eye for an eye. You know, that's just two interpretations that you can get out of a Bible. Uh, I mean, look at who was it? One of the not that one, one of the, the other. Apostles, I don't remember who it was. Mark, maybe Matthew. He's a fucking tax collector. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing you got to give the uh, credit to religion and, and the Bible too is that it's supposed to spark debate. That's the whole point. It comes from a time during people talking. That's what people did all the time for their free time. And this house that I live in, when it was built in 1900. They didn't have TVs. They didn't go to the movies. They didn't even have radio. Their their concept of after the workday was over and having a good time and being entertained was going to the study and reading a book. The master, what we call a master bedroom upstairs, wasn't the master bedroom. It's the biggest room in the house. It's upstairs. It's got two windows on the one side of the house, two windows on each other side of the house. It's this huge room with a bunch of windows. It, it is not the master bedroom originally. The master bedroom's smaller because they didn't have these big, huge bedrooms like everybody likes today in modern times. It was the study. It's where all the books were, where people would read. And the downstairs was designed to be a place where people could come to your house and talk about shit. People just talk. That's what people did. They talked to each other. They discussed things. That's why podcasts are the most popular thing on the planet right now is because humans enjoy discussion. They enjoy discourse. They enjoy talking, whether that's hearing their same opinions regurgitated by someone else or challenging themselves, which is much more difficult. That's human. That's kind of human nature is discussing things. And the nurture part of that is it's natural to want to hear what you want to hear. It's kind of a nurture thing to be able to listen to what you don't like and take some things from it. Like, oh, you're not religious? Yeah, well, listen to some of the religious shit and think about it. So try not to dismiss it. That's something that someone who's not an intellectual... Intellectuals don't dismiss shit. They also never have it backwards, Albert Einstein right? This, and this shit. is a lot of people. It's like, well, I'm just going to, you know, keep religion in the background. Society teaches most people to make fun of it, right? And then if I ever see anything that kind of leads me to believe it's true, then yeah, maybe I'll start believing. But it doesn't work that way. Like. Yeah, Here's my advice. Time. You got to seek it out. Spend at least three months. All you have to do is wake up and just say thank you. Just count your blessings and stop worrying about, you know, envying other people and the shit they have and just try to be happy with what you do have. Be glad you're not, you know, starving in Africa. Yeah, that's something that. And then really... try to move into the I want to believe situation, right? And the more you actually believe that you want to believe, <laughs> the more you get an interest and the more you look into it the more you realize that maybe there's actually something valuable here and then step three is just you make the choice to believe that's it it's really that's not like that one hard of the, the strongest things to help with depression is if you can't be religious understand that one of the things religion teaches the most and that you should definitely adopt is understanding that you man there are people that have it really hard <laughs> like like I sit here, even just like menial things, I don't even have to go to extremes and think about people in Africa that aren't eating or people in South America or this country that can't afford anything or can't eat anything. They're, they're starving every day. I could just go as simple as like people born that lose, like they have a terrible accident. They can't use their hands anymore. Can you imagine trying to jerk off? 
or play video games with no hands. Yeah. Jesus. Like, I'm over here whinging to myself and being depressed because, oh, I don't, I don't make money. Okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Meanwhile, I have a computer and a television and a family that cares about me and heat in the cold. There's people that are living downtown for me that have none of that. They're sleeping on the streets at night in sub 30 degree weather. You know, well, that's there's people that, that's out the there whole that live thing, with right? diseases like, that's what, the, that are life altering. There's a lot of evangelicals that have really misconstrued this when they're like, just open your heart and let Jesus in, right? And then they smack him on the head or something like that. Like, oh, I've, yeah. I've seen it. It's, I mean, it is that, but not like. Well, that, they've taken right? the like they, they've to, taken the concept and and misunderstood it as a literal. Well, I mean, it it can be literal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Knowles did this interview with someone who used to be some kind of pagan, and that's exactly how it was. She hit rock bottom and called out to Jesus, and then immediately felt something. But like, it doesn't take long, and you'll start to notice little things. Well, that's because if you practice religious beliefs, if you do the 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 things that some might find sanctimonious. If you do all of those things, you're in the process of bettering yourself. You know, somebody like Jordan Peterson is religious because he has to be. You know, psychologists are very depressed people because they see the darkest side of humanity in in talking to people and hearing their ideas. And when you, I can attest to this, even as somebody that's not super religious, but part of removing myself out of depression was, you know, working towards something better even if it's simple shit like understanding that even though i may not make money people still rely on people depend on me to be around you know well also a lot of things that people worry about job or money you know like how much better would it feel to have that lifted off your shoulders like if you don't believe in god that's all on you but how many times have you tried to steer your life in one direction and it just doesn't fucking pan out Ever think that maybe there's a reason for that? Like, well, even even if you want to not take the argument of like free will and stuff like that, I'm just saying like you have to understand things, and these are all process. These are all religious processes, and I recognize well, that's and part of it being it. A, a choice, right? Like you do have free will to just ignore all of it and do your own thing. That's well, fine. Yeah, true, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I, even if it's not a significant thing, I mean, like, I always I think of it like in in terms of a human and a cat, right? Probably a dog too, but I have cats. But like in this analogy, if your cat is you and you are God, right? And you, you, you didn't necessarily create the pet, but you made the pet, right? Like you love the pet. You know, the pet doesn't understand what you're saying, but you give it signs, right? Like you want it to come to you, but if it doesn't want to, it's not going to. Right. <laughs> That's kind and of how you, I think. And about all it. you want to do is something good for it. Yeah, you know, you all I want to do it, is give it shove my face in its fuzzy little belly and love the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just stop, saying, like the practices stop of religion stinking so much when you shit in the litter box. I think the practices of religion are good, even for atheist people, uh, especially when it comes to dealing with depression. Look to religion to cure your depression, not because you should believe in some invisible person in the sky watching over you at all times, but because there's so much value in the, what you were talking about earlier, there's so much value in all the little things that you do, like waking up and 
saying thank you. Understanding well, it that all seems to work even if you don't too, make a right? lot of even money, and this what you were is something saying about a lot fasting. Of, well, yeah, with fasting. Well, and, I mean, what, if you think about it, right? Like, if you fast because you want to lose weight, right? That that's great. But you know, if you cheat, you know, if if your wife comes home with a cheeseburger, you're like, oh man, I want half that cheeseburger. Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. But if you believe in God and you believe that you're fasting for God, that the health effects are kind of secondary, and now you're on the hook. Right. You're not just letting yourself down if you fast. Sure, you're you're sure. pissing God off. <laughs> there's certainly levels of it. I'm not saying there's not. There's certainly levels to it. But even if you don't want to take that level, you could. it's something as simple as, you know, oh, uh, something a lot of people struggle with is self-worth. Like they feel like they're not worth something because people don't depend on This is why people have kids. When you have kids, well, people depend also, on you. Religion also teaches intrinsic moral value yeah and Everyone people depend on you value. when you have kids when you when you when you have kids people depend on you and later on you'll depend on them i mean if you take are care parent, of you. it's a nice cycle you give them something and they give you something in return and and vice versa you know like you give your kid life and and happiness and you they yeah, and then on imagine you, that and then kid later just completely fucking them. ignores you well that's liberal <laughs> shit but that's the point of it. Well, no, that's that's, that's kind of like the God relationship too, right? Like at no point does that parent stop loving their kid. Right. But they're not going to go out of their way to try to convince you to come back either. Well, some of them might, but that's not the point. The point well, I'm making is that to an extent, you know, too at a many point, people don't understand, uh, don't understand the nuances of shit in life. Like, yeah, I don't make a lot of money, but my wife depends on me there to be there for her emotionally. You know, she depends on me to, do all sorts of other things they might seem small to you but they're not small to people and you know it's the people in your life might think they're small while you're not while you're not well while you're there doing it but you have to understand that they're not small because if you disappear to make a drastic effect on people's life this is kind of the issue with suicide like everybody thinks oh i'm a burden so i'll kill myself that's the worst thing you can do because now you're actually a burden to people because you have taken all the things you're carrying on your shoulders for them and put it on their shoulders. So, you know, this is why suicide is a sin because you are imparting your shit onto others because you don't, you may not realize it, but yeah, even if you're not making money and supporting a household of people, that's not what life is about. Sometimes you're supporting them in other ways. Most of the time, in fact, like everybody that loses a family member when they, it affects that family. And it's kind of a little bit of a ripple, kind of a butterfly effect in some way. This is why, as a libertarian, I've always believed that theft is violence. Like if somebody steals something from you, it is a form of violence because they are causing a ripple effect through your life potentially, not just mentally speaking, but also monetarily. You know, I mean, if you, a good example of that would be, let's say you bought a new car. And the reason why you bought a new car is because you didn't want to deal with fixing your car anymore. You know, you wanted to be able to go several years without damaging that, without uh, worrying about that car breaking down or something like that. And then somebody comes along and hits your car who doesn't have good insurance or something like that and damages it. And yeah, you can use the insurance money they provide to fix the, the damage, but maybe that car now has a problem with it for the rest. Like you have caused and a, a ripple effect in that person's life now by by causing that even even if the problem is fixed on the surface 
it can cause underlying issues down the future where now, you know, yeah, the insurance fixed the engine, but now the engine has this little sputtering problem that never goes away. And I got to buy a brand new car. And what's that going to do to me? And all these different aspects the same with theft. And that goes for the people in your life. You know, what aspect do they really depend on? It's not just your money. This is why greed is a sin. You shouldn't be concerned about money and wealth necessarily because that's not the shit that people really depend on you for. Yeah, sure, money helps. <laughs> but if the money disappears, you're still there at least to help with all the aspects of intrinsic. And this is, again, this is because they understood that we have brains and the brains are complex and we need to deal with these problems. Yeah, this is not the first time. In, I, hate, I hate to break it to you, Zoomers. You're not the first generation to deal with mental illness. It's been around forever since we were walking out of the fucking jungle or whatever happened. It's been there since the beginning. Okay? What am I? What's my purpose? All of these fucking questions that pop up in your head. That's day one shit. And it's already been solved. The solution already exists to the puzzle. You're not solving the puzzle. Okay? You're not out here solving shit. You're just finding solutions to the same fucking answer in a different <laughs> You already way. have the answer. Yeah. <laughs> You're still doing the work. You're still doing the work. You already have the answer. And it's not necessarily join a religious group or go to church every day. It's just understand what these things mean and work on yourself. That's all it is. That's literally all it is. Work on yourself. Well, be a better person I have and to, others I around have to you stop will you there because it's actually the opposite of what it's about for a Catholic. It's okay. supposed to be about God. The problem with the world is that every new religion, this whole believe what you want thing is always centered on yourself. All the new age shit, like my, my, like I was saying before, my truth, right? That's what goes. It's like, no, there is an objective reality out there. It usually gets brought up with the trans debate, right? Yeah, but I think you can get to the solution, even as a Catholic, I think you can get to the solution without considering that there's an invisible man there. I, I think that's the issue that a lot of people well, it's have. not invisible. That's another misconception. Well, I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying. I'm, it turns a lot of people away when the mysticism of it is involved. I think that there are possible explanations to things that can be answered with science, but that the answer is already there, you know? What? Because people, because like, I go to the uh, example of Jesus. Jesus is the light, right? What is light? Light is energy. You know, uh, when you do certain things like eating of the body of Christ, there's an underlying thing there in Catholicism. But I, I think that's energy that they're talking about. Jesus is energy. You know, God is the Son. He's He's temper. He can. He can have wrath, right? He can, he's not evil, but he's not necessarily always going to just embrace you. Sometimes. Are you still recording? Yeah, he's probably still going. Yeah. yeah Why? Long. We gotta, we gotta poop. <laughs> no. It's like, it's just a long fucking podcast. Yeah, we kind of got into it. It wasn't supposed to go this long, but it kind of went into it, but whatever. I'll wrap it up by saying like, um, well, we can call there it are, episode, Gabler Finds God.
Jesus. No, I've always been there my whole fucking life as an agnostic person. Like, I think that people just have it wrong on both sides as usual. I think it's not a literal interpretation, but at the same time, I don't think science is well, going to disprove religion. No, I understand. Thing, I'm just that's a, fine. A, a layman, but well, that's fine. There and are I understand legitimate the theology reasons why <clears throat> Catholicism believes that they are the one true religion, and it well, kind of adds up. <clears throat> it's not just it's not arrogance. Um, no, I understand that, and they all do, and they all have their things that add up and all that, and they're all borrowed from each other to some degree. And yes, Catholicism was one of the earliest ones, so I'm you know props to where it's necessary. But I'm just saying my interpretation is that science is never going to disprove God. It's only going to prove things from <clears throat> religious teachings that, because in my opinion, God and Jesus and all these things are personifications of aspects that couldn't be explained away with a periodic table because it didn't exist at the time or stuff like that. And I'm not diminishing God and stuff to the periodic table when I say that. I'm saying as an example, we we have the periodic table now. We didn't then. Maybe I don't I don't know how much of the ancient uh, whatever the fuck it's called the ancient apocalypse stuff is true and how far that extends into human history. But you know, it could be a mystical thing where this all powerful being exists and did this stuff. It could be a personification of forces unseen but understood, similar to how we understand understood what fasting does for the human body back then without necessarily having a microscope available to look at the genetic process that's happening under a microscope you know it could also be a same way like how jesus is the light you know uh according to christians and light is energy and it when you hear how christians describe jesus is very similar to how you would describe light from a scientific standpoint it's all around you right it is energy. Energy is good for you. It's heat and warmth. And that's what love feels like when you embrace someone. It's warm and comfortable. Uh, especially when you consider that cold and darkness are usually considered the opposite of what's good and warm. We thrive in the heat. But again, God can be wrathful. The heat can be bad. The heat can be rough and all of this kind of stuff. So. Uh, the light lets us see what's in the dark. You know, there's all these aspects to it that doesn't necessarily say that Jesus wasn't a real person, by the way. It's just that some things in the I Bible get overlayered. He was a, a real person. Right. That's not what I'm saying when I say that. I'm saying that a lot of things in Bibles and, and biblical texts, Quran, whatever you want to read, get overlaid on top of each other. You know, you can have this figure in history that existed and was considered a martyr and a prophet and all of this stuff and then these values of light and energy get associated to him and so now everybody interprets that's what this means completely when this concept existed when god created the heavens and the earth he said let there be light right that's like one of the first things that the he first says thing. and yeah but how can he first be thing. Well, i mean but that's what I'm he saying is that Jesus, the light Jesus the becomes, Jesus later on in the text becomes the personification of light. Not necessarily because Jesus didn't exist and just and is just a personification like maybe Horus or something. Maybe Horus existed as a person in Egypt as well. Maybe Horus is a is a version of Jesus being told 
and they just called him something else in their language. It, it's one of those things where when we look back on history, we have to be careful and understand that we don't have all the answers, that the light and energy can also be Jesus at the same time because these things are typically laid on top of figures in history, especially in older history, things that people would consider mythological period of history. Like when you look at Achilles, for example, Achilles is considered to have been a real person. Now, he's spoken about in the Iliad, which is a story written by someone. However, we have some evidence, archaeological evidence, that he was a real person, likely. But how does he die? Well, he was baptized by his mother and held from his ankle. And that's his weak spot because she had to hold him as a baby by the ankle when she dipped him in the waters or whatever. And that's why Achilles heals. And that's obviously absurd. And that's, there's a point to that story, a moral to that story. And it's laid on top of a real figure in history, likely, right? It's likely a thing that's laid on top of that character to make the story more interesting or to give it a purpose. Stories are supposed to have purpose to them. Good stories. This is why modern day stories told by libtards are stupid because they don't understand what makes stories good. You have to have a human element. You have to have the hero's journey, the, the concept of, you have to lay some of these big biblical concepts as much as you hate them on top of stuff because it's who we are. It's a part of us, part of humanity. We've poured ourselves into these biblical texts over time and that's, and trying to escape it is silly. And that's all I've got to say about that. All right. Well, next week we'll, uh, we'll debate religion. But humor me. All right. Watch this video. It doesn't have to be, you know, but before the next podcast, watch this thing and not to convert you. But this is the one that I've seen so far that has just the most amount of interesting history shit in it. And it has to do with Islam. Good one to watch with your wife. You know, just <laughs> really drive that home. Eating. Don't watch it with your wife. My grandmother not, always said, "Why buy the not cow? Be religious. Get the sex for free." Yeah, I stole that from her. She's she's pushes away from religion quite a bit. And that's, you never know. That's the uh, that's the mistake I made and the guilt kind of thing. I have to. It's not a super guilty thing I live with, but it's just one of those things where I regret it. Um, and I think a lot of people will probably regret things like that in their lifetime if they're the sort of pulling someone away from religion. Because well, hey. again, not not only did I steal that from her in regards to her entire family believes in it, and it's a unifying for a lot of them, but at the same time, you know, I it has led to her being depressed at times over her mortality and shit. Where perhaps if she was religious still to this day, even though she wasn't deeply religious, perhaps if she was still religious to this day, maybe she would have gotten deeper down it. And when she had her cancer scare and all that, she wouldn't have been so depressed about it and worried about it. Just whatever. It's just the kind of thing that, as a person, are you know, you're supposed to protect your wife. You're supposed to look after your kids and your family, and that's one of those things where you shouldn't be trying to take religion from your family. Fucked up thing to do. You think well, that it's going to make conundrum. them better people, but it's if not. If you think it's wrong, <clears throat> then you know. Well, certainly, I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Oh, well." well you since I believe Islam is, is incorrect, then well, it, religion is thing. religion. It's it's probably better to be religious than not religious at all. Is all I'm saying. 
especially in well, terms keep in of mind when you stability. when you watch this video all right so the dude speaking is a priest but he's part of the marian order which are like super into mary um so everything kind of goes through that perspective and he talks about you know how mary is going to be the figure that really brings christianity and islam together because they share that like is islam is really into mary too believe it or not really interesting so watch it yeah i know islam borrows a lot they just add on that muhammad shit at the end really i mean jesus is in their book they believe him to be a prophet they just don't think he's a final prophet it's it's all of that kind of shit but i'm just saying in general you know the people out there like don't try to take religion from your family you may think that like oh it's the truth and they need to hear the truth because the, you should tell people the truth yeah but you don't know what the truth is you're speculating because they might be speculating to you because that's why atheism is stupid. There, there's no way you could know. It's impossible. You can't claim to be an intellectual and then at the same time say, I know for a fact that God's not real. Well, you can Based also never what? prove that something doesn't exist, right? So Sure. Well, sure, but I, that's not what I'm asking. Well, I'm not asking well that's what atheists think. That's, what, that's why it's so ridiculous. I, I get the mentality of like, yeah, I just don't, can't make myself believe, but I'm open to it. You know, if I ever, yeah, but, but atheists take the another route, they take about, a hard line. Like, no, I, I believe that either God does not exist or that is, it, it is impossible to, to know God or prove that he exists. And that's you know, a pretty I mean, hard line I stance think, to take. Cause you can I think never religious prove or it. agnostic makes more sense, but a, a, atheist is kind of like really hard line. Very zealous, you know, ironically. Yeah. Weird thing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway, be, uh, be like Jesus and listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Jesus listens. Or don't. <laughs> or be like right Monty here. and don't. I'm not your dad. You got free will. Ignore it if you want, but you're really missing out. Also, buy a gun. And if you don't like guns, just just ask yourself this. The Native Americans should have had more guns, you know? Think about it. Ask yourself this. The Native Americans should have had more guns. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> yeah, right. It makes sense if you don't think about it. But... Think about it. All right. We just hit the four-hour mark, and that's two hours too long. So thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> well... It's not my fault. You, you kind of pulled hey, us you, into the religion well, thing. You brought up God. Well, not thanks, really. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Gabbler Show. Hey, fuck you, man. You barely talk. <laughs> start talking. Put some notes up in the fucking hey, man, notes. If I, if I were to start talking, it would be a five-hour stream. All right? Yeah, or so what? Podcast. That's how long a lot of podcasts go. Listen, well, man, put your own notes. You don't get to complain about me talking all the time. I'm an old motherfucker that adds notes to the podcast notes. It's was, editable. It's there. Was it Bring up something you want to talk about. On religion in the notes. You didn't even talk on the other segments. It's because it's shit that I don't care about. Exactly. So why the fuck are you complaining? <laughs> because I don't care. I'll kill you. Very Lord Christian. The I'm not Christian. <laughs> 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 all right thanks for listening everyone you'll hear us next time